today we will be talking about blueprints and reasonable doubt. So I haven't visited either album because I can literally close my eyes, as Eric would say, and hear the music play because I know these albums so well. But I've definitely listened to both of them within the last year, so I'm I'm pretty comfort confident about my knowledge on these things. I haven't listened to Reasonable Doubt um, or Blueprint in a couple of months. Um, yeah. I I typically get into like J moods. It kind of comes. It's so funny. Like I kind of just get into musical moods. Like like there'll be days when I'll just want to listen to nothing but Tupac, and I'll listen to nothing but Tupac. Like two days ago, I was just in the mood to listen to nothing but Go Go, and I listened to like just mad random Go Go. Um, and I was riding around like blasting the shit. Guarantee no one in San Antonio knows what the fuck no I was idea. playing no idea yeah so uh so yeah and it's it's funny i was listening to blueprint this morning and then i just got to move to listen to s dot uh collection mixtape so so good i listened to that last summer when i one of my mowing jams it's on the ipod (laughs) (laughs) it's it's actually funny because i forgot that on that mixtape the same freestyle that he did in um concert movie backstage he it made that it made like a regular song on that mixtape yeah yes it did yeah and so that was that was kind of a cool reminder to listen to i haven't watched backstage in years it's over there somewhere i watched fade to black within the last year but not backstage i used to watch this backstage just it's so funny like my history with jay is kind of funny like i used to watch backstage I downloaded it, like, definitely. Um, and I would just play backstage um, just, like, randomly on my old-ass gateway laptop. Nice. Um, and it's so funny, like, the, the gift of him smushing the girl with no context looks extremely horrible. It does. I mean, I mean even context, it's kind of, he was playing with her, but it was kind of bad, but... Um, that concept like this shit looks so crazy just looking at the steel of it like it's <laughs> context matters context so much matters. so much yeah um and you go ahead i was gonna say and so my first j experience really talking about my brother just now my first j experience is actually because of my brother um when i went away to college wbu 2004 uh, that November, my brother passed away and kind of going through his things, obviously. And there was like a couple of like CDs that he still had. And one of them was the Blackout, uh, the Black Album. But the it was the Blacked Out Bejeweled Album case. The completely black one. Yeah. Yes. With the, with the Jay-Z sticker on the front. And I remember at the time, I was like, I think I'm going to give him a shot. And the reason I wasn't really listening to Jay at the time, because, you know, obviously I was into like TRL, one of Susan Park. And so the hits that he had would play on the radio, be on rotation for videos. But when he did the, if I'm not better than big on the closest one, I was such a big fan of Biggie Smalls that I was, I took offense. <laughs> I was so mad because he said that like, I refused to listen to him for like two or three years. Like that's yeah. how that's how like upset I was or whatever. And be when, like that. 
Yeah, but at the same time, I would still like, you know, all his videos and shit, like freeways is gonna la la la, like all that shit, like you know, um, they I would still have to experience them through osmosis because that's what was that that what was it, and so when I finally gave Black Album a shot and I listened to it and it was dope and it was amazing, I I doubled back to uh, Fade the Black the concert movie and if you remember the part in fade the black when he is in the studio and they're like chopping it up about like what rap music is at that moment and it was a one guy talking about how he conforms when he makes his music like he's only making ultra violent music because that's what he thinks people want to hear yeah and the other guy saying there's nothing wrong with that and jay is like you know, my rhymes are not that. Like, my rhymes are not glorifying. It's telling you the heavens and the hells. And then he spits the the second verse on Dead Presidents 1. When they cruising in your seven, they say you sweating, forgetting your lies. Alibis ain't matching up. Bullshit catching up. Here with the Rico, they repo your vehicle. Shit was all good just a week, a week ago. ago. About to start bitching, ain't you? Ready to start snitching, ain't you? I forgive you, weak ass hustling, just ain't you. And I, I watched it. I was like, one, what Jay Z song is this? Like I've never heard him sing, like heard this song before, and so I was like, "What the hell is this?" And so thankfully Google was around this song. We can Google <laughs> lyrics, and, <laughs> and Dead Presidents One. Um, I was able to find Dead Presidents One, and I remember listening to that song. And the funny thing is, I. I quasi remember that video, but it was so old that it didn't like really register. And that kind of forced me then to to go into streets is watching. And then that made me go into uh reasonable doubt and then blueprint and basically just like this real snowball effect of, you know, becoming a Jay Z fan. And it's so funny that I was so mad at Jay-Z that I refused to listen to him for a couple of years to now, if you ask me who's my favorite rappers, he's probably number two on that list. Right. It's so, it's, I mean, that's, I mean, life is funny that way, man. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's, my history with Jay is kind of funny, but. Well, my history with Jay, I've said it before, was I got volume three as a, a birthday gift back in 99. And that was my first exposure to Jay. Um, outside of radio records, because I heard eight, I heard eight no, ain't no, I heard ain't no nigga on the radio. Um, on KYS, yeah. shout out to KYS, ninety three point nine. Um, yeah. used to be able to pick that up in Winchester when I was a kid. So uh, I remember that. Um, remember the sunshine video, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a really bright video. But I mean, that was also the era. But then I, yeah, I didn't compute that that was a bad video at the time. Hard knock life happened. And Hard Knock Life, I, I enjoyed all those songs. I remember he Jay was on the 1998, no, 1999 MTV Video Music Awards. I cannot find this performance anywhere on the internet. MTV has taken it down. I don't think it's on title, so it might be With one of the, those uh, things. Jordan jersey? Not the Jordan jersey. That was, okay. that was in uh, 2001. When he performed outside of uh, Radio City, I think, and he had the Jordan jersey on. Yeah. This is 99. 
Hove had on a blue bandana, and he came out and did a melody of all these songs. He did Jigga My Nigga. He did, um, he was just dropping hit after hit. I think he did Can I Get a. He finished with Hard Knock Life. Siegel and, and um, Bleak was out there with them. All these old Rockefeller artists who, not the ones who were on the label when it really blew up a few, year, few years later, was out there like the Rells and the maybe Sauce Money was running around back there. Uh, Dame was out there. So this is like the first time I really saw the rock, saw Rockefeller as a team. And Jay just came out there and like in a night filled with, your Britneys and your Christinas and your NSYNCs and your Backstreet Boys and M&Ms. This is like peak TRL era, as you talked about. Jay-Z came out and staked such a flag for hip-hop out of nowhere. And I was like taken aback because I didn't really know it like that. I, I, did, I mean, not, I didn't really know that Jay was going like that. And from, from Volume 3, I, I had edited, I loved the edited version of Volume 3. <laughs> I, I unapologetically love Volume 3. Bought um, Dynasty album. And then 2001 came, and, and my boy Wes, uh, he was like, yo, I heard this Jay-Z song. When I, heard, when I went home, I heard it on, on KYS, man. And Jay was like, 1 million, 2 million, 3 million, 4, in just 5 years, 40. I'm like, I'm like, Jay, say all that. This sounds dope, but I think you just made, I think you might have heard it wrong, Wes. Like, <laughs> Live from an undisclosed location in a basement in New York City, it's me, Crank, ruler, well, mayor of Dimension X and the producer of the hottest new pod in that dimension or this one, the Shredhead Pod, starring the Blasian Batty, aka Google Chrome Dome, aka Ado Nobu Hagen, aka my best friend, Oroku Saki, aka the shredder and we put aside our differences with the ninja turtles to be your weekly source of hot takes sports and entertainment news stay all the way and hear who saki is named as his cretin of the week and find something valuable in the shred commendations so we'll see you on apple stitcher spotify or wherever your pods are casts the shredhead pod is a member of the hyphen podcast group I mean, that sounds awesome. Don't get me wrong. He's like, oh, wait till you hear it. Wait till you hear it. Like, I love the man, but he tends to embellish a little bit. He doesn't do it now. But when he was a kid, when he was a, when we were young 18-year-olds, he definitely did. And so um, he came back a few weeks later. He's like, yo, I got the copy. I got the bootleg blueprint. Wait till you hear this. So this is like two or three weeks before uh, September 11th. And, and Izzo was out. I had downloaded Izzo over the summer. I downloaded it off of um irc so shout out to irc uh and all that code it took me to find it and download it but i did have a good copy of Izzo on one of my hyphen mixtapes i used to burn and <laughs> so we played the blueprint man and i've told you this before but the track listing was messed up his copy of blueprint started with never change and the ruler's Jesus. back the ruler was back <laughs> Is was a never changes spot. So we popped in never change. That was the very first song I heard off the blueprint, man. And I listened to that and I was like, yo, that might be one of the best songs Jay-Z's ever done. And then right after that is R-O-C. You run in this rap. And then after that it was I was completely in love and I was like, I think I just 
found my new favorite rapper. <laughs> and ever nice. since then, ever since then, it's been Jay's been number one with a bullet, man. So this, despite it all, the ups and downs, the lemonades of it all. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so funny. Shout out. I know you shouted out WKYS. And that I think that's one of the, the best things that I loved about growing up in DC and in suburban Maryland is that we I would say not necessarily West Coast music. I think that like the bigger acts like Snoop and Pac, they pulled over here. But in DC, like we we were kind of influenced by like just a lot of different music through different regions. Like we, you know, we knew the down south shit. Like we were we were on like Three Six Mafia, we were on Cash Money, we were on No Limit Heavy, um, Slip and Slide back in those days. Uh, rap a lot with Scarface. Like if if you ask any any person who's from DC who likes rap and is older than about forty at this point, they're probably gonna say their favorite rapper is either Tupac or Scarface. And like like UGK is like super popular. But then also like we were still listening to like New York artists and like like I said, I knew like all of Jay Z's like singles and stuff like. Uh, even when he did the high remix, which a lot of Ooh. people kind of dismiss, <laughs> a lot of people kind of dismiss the high remix. But I, I, I listened. It was you know the best, the best high remix ever is whatever beautiful soul they had, juvenile Jay Z. But then they put like the Biggie and Pog verses on it. <laughs> yes, yes, I've heard this. Yes, like I was very thankful that they did that. Uh, but I know why Jay yeah. got on it. I know why Jay got on it, but we all know Jay should not I have mean, gotten yeah. on it this, in 2021. We all yeah. know this. Yeah, basically. Um, but even while, like we were talking the last time about, you know, me being big into the locks and the Rough Riders and DMX, like, like when volume, when Rough Riders volume one dropped, like mm. that shit was all over DC uh, especially, you know, down bottom with Do your niggas bust your gun? Hell yeah, we bust our gun. Yeah, so so that's the thing. Like we we had like all that shit, and so yeah, man. Like I I knew commercial J, uh, corporate J, but it, it did take me a while to get into like the album J. And I don't know which one you want to start off with first. You want to start with reasonable or blueprint first. Um, um but I'll let you pick this time. I get to pick. Um, I do want to say one more time when you mentioned DMV, uh, shout out again to my my man Ed, Big Easy, um, because when I met Ed, like, uh, I mean, he was from Maryland. Uh, he's from Clinton, Maryland. And Ed was one of the reasons why I started really liking Beanie Siegel, first off, because I, yeah, like, I was like, yeah, shout out to Ed always. Because I was like, I heard the truth. You know, I, I've heard, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Beanie, uh, um, Get get whatever that song was, Mac Mac or off the second album. You know what song it is. Yeah. I can't think of the title. Seagull was a name, name that they gave me. me. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I heard that. I was like, oh, Seagull's cool. You know, I heard him on uh, "Put Your Hands Up" and stuff. And he's like, no, you gotta listen to this. And then he played me "Man's World," <laughs> and I was like, oh, and what's your life like? And I was like, oh. And then he was like, yo, also you need to be fuck with this UGK. So I discovered what world wood wheel well wood wheel was. And I was like, yo, and he's like, and you need to be fucking with this Project Pat. And I was like, I know Project Pat. I know Chicken Head. He's like, no, you need to be nah, listening to Project Pat. Yeah. 
and that's three six but still he put me on all that and then he's like yo and, I, and then i also fuck with jay and i'm like and you fuck with jay-z like what is it that you don't listen to and he's like i also yeah, like man. this genuine record too <laughs> Shout out i to mean and that's and, that, and that's actually kind of the thing with like gogo music also like gogo music is an infusion of just different genres of music and with the later gogo bands a lot of them drew from R&B, they drew from reggae, they drew from rap. And so, like, a lot of, like, the I, the funny thing is, I think I heard Backyard Band do a 3-6 Mafia cover before I even knew 3-6 Mafia was. But the thing is... I bet you did. But the, the gap wasn't too great. Like, I remember them, like, they used to do this song called uh, Tear the Club Up. And that's a, like three six has like three different versions of Tear the Club throughout the years, um, but at the same time, like we were listening to like all those three six albums, not just like not just like um like Chicken Head or like the singles, like we were listening to like all those albums. And so, like when if someone from DC tells you that Project Pat is probably one of the most underrated rappers ever, like they like they're not bullshit. They <laughs> yeah, are not really lying. Not. Yeah, they have facts um, to back up that statement. Yeah, but this is not the Project Pat Hour, even though it maybe should be, but this is the Jay-Z Hour. So, so Kellen, are we going to do Reasonable Doubt first or the Blueprint OG first? Let, let, it's Sunday. Let's start with Reasonable Doubt. I don't know why Reasonable Doubt feels like a Sunday album, but that's what we're going to do. Um, I do. Maybe, I do. Uh, go ahead. Maybe it's the black and white cover. Maybe it's the, the samples that kind of blend in pretty monotonically for a Sunday um i get it it's on the album it could it could be all of that um first recommendation uh if you want to go look up uh catch the show there is a whole three six mafia episode that you did with um our man eg if anybody wants to go back and check those out and he also did a bunch of three six stuff not so much project pat stuff but if you're interested it's out there on the internet it might be under shit not another music podcast now but it's out there it's and you can hear marcus talking about three six there plug yes so <laughs> Shout out to EG. Shout out to EG always. Marcus, when was the first time you heard Reasonable Doubt? I think first time I heard Reasonable Doubt, it wasn't it was in college, definitely. Um I think the year may have been two thousand five. Two thousand five ish. Um I remember the time when I got into music um, was like that eighth grade year. So it was roughly about the year 2000, which we already had kind of commercial Jay already on, on like the bubble. Um, he was someone that was pretty popular. But again, this is like the DMX era. This is a, coming out the No Limit era. This is when cash money is bubbling. So Jay is someone that is relevant but if you're looking at like the like the top most important people in the game, he's not necessarily in the two, three, or one slot, but he's probably in that four to five, maybe even six slot. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's someone that's relevant. He's someone that's like of the culture, and we respect him heavily. And then, if I'm not better than being on the closest one came, and then I kind of faded to black. <laughs> I faded to black on him, <laughs> but. I, but I did come back and with reasonable doubt, it's so funny. I've heard 
can knock the hustle so many times that I don't even really play that song when I listen to Reasonable Doubt. I only start at Politics as Usual. (laughs) So to me, like, that's the intro to Reasonable Doubt to me. Just like the, you know how we do. And so I've always, I've always like just love Reasonable Doubt. Um, The, it just feels, it feels very nostalgic, especially with, uh, you know, Big's verse on that album and the production of, you know, if you, even if you compare Reason Without the Blueprint, like the production is night and day, but even the features on it, like, you know, Bleak, Foxy, uh, Big. Sauce you know, Money. Sauce Money. Jazzo. You know, yeah, I mean, they're not even touching the Blueprint album. <laughs> like, they're not even, like, I mean, Memphis is in, is in, the, is in the vicinity, but everyone else that's not in the frame anymore <laughs> uh but when i first listened to reasonable doubt my mind was definitely blown away um it's one of my favorite albums ever not even just rap like reasonable doubt is one of my favorite albums ever and each listen it feels like a layered experience um you can play it multiple times and just kind of be fascinated by the different avenues the different cadences like the clever wordplay like all that like it it really brings you into what jay-z was at that time and i know i guess the cliche is that you know when a person's making their first album it's you know 20 plus years of experience since that one project but this really feels like that like this really feels like the guy who was hustling you know, drugs in Maryland and Virginia, and he wanted to make music, so he made music. And this is kind of the end product of that. It really could have been his first and last album is the crazy thing, because the story yeah. goes that if the whole plan was, I'm going to do Reasonable Doubt, I'm going to, like Jay, Jay's idea is, want to do Reasonable Doubt, and then that was going to be his only album. And then I don't, I, I, I don't know if, if he wanted to be, a, I'm sure he had like dreams of maybe being an executive at that point, but he's like, I'm just going to drop this once. And then I'm going to be helping out with um, maybe he thought maybe he could make a career out of sauce money in Memphis. I don't, I don't really know what his plan was, but if there's ever been an album that could be a standalone one album wonder, reasonable doubt is completely that um like like you said from start to finish it's a very layered product you get to see all these sides of this person we never bit before he sounds fully believable on all of these tracks the production is beautiful from clark kent to the primo to ski um all of them just coming coming together to to build these beautiful uh Dur- i think duro had to join on there all these beautiful landscapes soundscapes for jay to come on and just talk fly on and you you really got the idea of it being almost a, a film from beginning middle to end with it finishing with regrets and that kind of being the the epilogue of it all uh the first time i heard reasonable doubt my uh friend dj wise shout out to him he was a substitute teacher for uh, my high school and he would uh come in from kaiser um, sometimes in the Eastern Panhandle, West Virginia here, to uh, substitute to Hampshire. 
and he would DJ and then he, he was actually covering for our course class for a long time, uh, a few months. So he would always come in and we'd be working on our little songs and stuff. But then there was days that he would just like kind of give us off. We just be mess around playing music and stuff, playing music. And I got a lot of his mixes back then. So I was getting a lot of records that I wouldn't normally have access to because I didn't know about them at the time. And he, he kept telling me, he's like, yo, you really like volume three. You need to listen to Reasonable Doubt. I was like, all right, well, burn me Reasonable Doubt. He's like, all right, I'll do it for $5 because he's a hustler, whatever. Cool. <laughs> so I got him his five and he took the CD and he drew Jay-Z and big graffiti letters, Reasonable Doubt. And he wrote the track listing along the sides of it for me. Um, and, I, and I popped that bad boy in and I first heard that heartbeat. And I don't even think I'd heard a pain in the ass intro at that point yet because I don't think I'd heard volume two. Um, or, or volume one for that matter. And so I popped that in and you hear that heartbeat and then politics played. And I was like, here at Mary J and Jay-Z at that time, which would have been 2000, probably year 2000 when I first heard it, didn't sound weird to me, but like Mary J in 96 was a way bigger star than what Jay-Z was. Nobody knew who Jay-Z was again. Like he had come up under Kane and with Jazzo and stuff. He had been on a few records, but for him to have a Mary J. Blige record when Mary J. was known for her album on her solo work already and then having songs with like Method Man and winning Grammys and all this stuff, for her to just hop on this random record with this dude from Brooklyn, it was pretty incredible. And then Mary, of course, no wasted notes. Jay coming in and straight killing it. And it's like, you know what, this is a really good record. It's a solid top-notch record to start the album with. But I agree with you that um, politics as usual is is really the true start. Like, um, I can't knock the hustle as the intro. Politics is the true start, though, man. That's when you get to the meat of the album. Yeah, because it's like, I don't know if you remember ever catching a video uh, for I uh, Can't Knock the Hustle, but they used to play that video pretty regularly on uh BET, I would definitely say that. Not necessarily MTV, but definitely BET. Uh, so that's that's why I said like I I heard that song you know so much, and then the DC radio did play it too. So it's kind of like it's like if you watch the original Star Wars, but then someone gives you Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. If you have all three, you're not really going to watch the first one if you watch it so many times. Like you'll just go to the other two. And so that's, right. that's kind of how I kind of feel about that. Um, but yeah. it's still, Cannot Dust was still a great song. Um, especially, I, I'm, I put on Fade to Black. Um, and eventually, Mary Jade's going to do that live, like on the Fade to Black concert. So uh, shout out to Mary for that. Yeah. Um, I, I, that whole fade to black concert is, is so iconic. Um, for like the whole, the, the concert was iconic, but then also, uh, the, I always just love the film just to see the little bit of behind the scenes stuff. I would have taken more of the behind the scenes stuff, honestly, if they had making, made a, a making of the black album and done the concert film separately, I would own them both because I love them both so much. And getting to see all that stuff behind the scenes, especially with, like you mentioned earlier, Jay dropping wisdom and and Kanye uh, pretty much rapping for anybody who will listen at that time. So, yeah, it, it was a lot of a lot of cool stuff, man. Uh, but then you go from politics and into Brooklyn's finest, man. And uh, like Big and Jay on this song, I I'd have to say. 
I'm not going to say Jay was. I'm not going to say who was better on this song. I'm not going to go there, even though it's probably big. Whoops. But yeah, it was big. It was big. But again, to have this newbie, Jay Z, step on a song with Biggie, who's been out for two years and is easily one of rap's biggest stars at this point, and literally go toe to toe with him over this beat. Again, it's it's like, what am I listening to? What is happening? And yes, it's nuts, man. <laughs> like this album. For for J and Big, do they have three songs together, right? It's um it's it's Brooklyn's Finest, mm-hmm. it's uh Love the Doe, and it's Young G's. Is there Young a fourth G's. one? There is not a fourth official one. I think they might have thrown I don't know if they threw Jay on that trash duets album they did. Um, but I, I don't I think there was only three while Big was alive. Okay. Yeah. So of the of the three, what's your favorite? <sighs> Love the Doe, Young G's, and oh man. Brooklyn's finest. You know what? I I really fuck with Young G's, yo. <laughs> Young G's goes so hard in the paint. Yeah. It goes so the hard. Only, the only minus is I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Big wrote Puffs first, and so we don't need Puffy on that song. No. Um I would say that's the only minus of that song. But I think I think that's the best big performance of the three songs. Actually that like Young G's biggie verse, like that made me want a big's just best verses overall. Just just the way he like tap dances on the brick on that song. Like oh my it's God. it's pretty nuts. <laughs> um so yeah, I would say Young I think Young G's probably commercially speaking is probably like the least I guess champion. Um but I would say Young G's is probably the best. Would I go after that? I think I think Love the Doe was so fun. I don't know. I I think I would pick Brooklyn's Finest over Love the Doe, even though Love the Doe was like mad fun. Like that's a fun ass song. Like, like that's the song. I I don't even think there's even really cussing in that song, so you can put that <laughs> on the radio. Um, but I would go Young G's and Brooklyn's Finest and Love the Doe. I, I would too. I would too. Shout out to Kelly Price and Faith was on um Young G's, wasn't she singing the hook? So. Shout out to them for for making the hooks though, but yeah, big, big murdered it on Young G's, Hove did too, and then Puffy did enough not mess it up. So <laughs> that's yeah. the Puffy I love when he does enough not to mess it up. Because as someone who listened to the Forever album recently, because I apparently hate myself, uh, he did a lot to mess up that album. I don't know what made you do that. Because it was just something. It's like when I first something got to do. it was something to do, but. Honestly, when I first got into rap big time, I was always getting the source. And what albums came out like that year I first got started getting the source, which is 99. So that was like I Am, which is one of my favorite Nas albums because it was my first Nas album. Uh, Murder Music by Mob Deep. Um, Black Rob's Life Story, Rest in Peace to Black Rob. Uh, yeah. That came out that year. Uh, and then that was the year of Mace leaving hip hop and Puffy dropping forever all by himself. And I had never heard the travesty that was forever. So I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, in case you're wondering, I'm also going to sit through Double Up here eventually. Because I've never listened to Mace's second album either. <laughs> and Damn. I know it would be terrible. But I got to hear it. 
Obviously, you can try, man. I mean, well, I got I mean, plenty Hall, of good. Harlem World is Harlem World is one thing, but I mean, I've heard Harlem World. I know Harlem World. I gotta, I gotta hear the lows of Bad Boy too. That's what I'm trying to accomplish. Are you trying to go through the Bad Boy catalog? Maybe. Ugh. Not not like regularly. Like every now and again, it's in it's in the playlist. So. Uh, I mean, there's better labels to go through. <laughs> I don't know, man. I you, you know I, I like what I like. You said like what you like, and then here you are, make me feel bad. Damn. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying if you listen to it, then like it, and then deny that. I'm just saying, just give something else a try first. So, I am. So I am. Don't worry. Like I'm actually upset because I realized Spotify has the wrong version of Royce the Five Nines' first album on Spotify instead of having the right version. And I was like, "This isn't the right album." And I was a little mad about that. But what can I you do? Mean, some people can be clean of samples, man. No, that could be it too. I mean, but why put out the? It don't matter. We ain't here talking about Royce the Five Nine stuff. <laughs> keep getting sidetracked but you know i agree i say young g's brooklyn's finest and uh then we finish up with i love the dough so what did you think of big's line on here the tupac's line do you, do you feel like feel like it was necessary <laughs> i mean anything big did was necessary so true, true. i mean even even when he rapped he looks so good at sucking your daddy's dick line i mean that sounds a wild boy, but that line was very necessary, man, just because. Uh, I mean, didn't think I was going to go there, huh? But <laughs> Sunday fun day. Hey, man, Let's always, go. baby. Always. Oh, man. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, and that's the kind of thing with, like, that's the thing that made Big such a great rapper, just a sense the sense of humor, but then the sense of cleverness, and then it's not giving a fuck. Like he did that in spades. So no fuck. Feel that. So no. F- have you watched the documentary yet on Netflix? Um, I have not yet. Primarily, I heard people say it's good. I'm just kind of at a point where, I mean, I've already watched like a couple of documentaries. I watched like Notorious. It's kind of like I have to. I, I don't know what more there is to mine from the big story. It's, I mean, I've, I've watched, like I said, I think at least two documentaries and then that movie. And then growing up, kind of seeing him, you know, from afar, like even remembering, you know, the, the, that fucking song he did with the, with the, with a reggae kid and then Puff was sounding wild crazy on that song. <laughs> bong, big, bong. It's a bad yeah, boy then, thing. Oh, uh, no, no, not. Uh, did you just do um Shine? N- no, well, I probably did say Shine, but I know what you're talking about. The um yeah. original joint. The dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. So anyway, I like I grew up with Big in my life. So it's kind of like, I don't know what there is more to tell about this story. So I, that's why I haven't really gravitated toward that new documentary. But people say it's enjoyable. People say it's good. Um, I mean, you can let me know how it is. <laughs> I was going to watch it the other night, but then I ended up watching Booksmart. So um, that's, that's probably a better choice. Yeah, it, it was a way better choice. <laughs> uh, Got to definitely shout you out for for uh, putting me onto that, but it was Dolly, my baby. That was the, the reggae song. Yeah, Dolly, my baby. Yeah. 
I meant to say ring, ring. It's a bad boy thing. I think that's on there. But then I turned it into bad boys uh, with Barrington Levy. So my bad. My bad, bro. But yeah. Actually, um, another mega quick sidebar. When I first heard <laughs> bad boys on the radio, I thought that was an unreleased big song. But Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, all of Sean's first—that's fine. All of Sean's first album was a, a unreleased big song, uh, and then he kind of changed up the voice once he got out of prison and everything. But and then, no and, then and no one cared. So yeah. just so we don't have to go track by track, Marcus, uh, what is another song of Reasonable Doubt that you'd like to talk about here? I think my favorite song on here—it either comes down to. I would say, I think it's Can I Live is my number one favorite song in here. Um, it's either that or number two will probably be Regrets. Even just the fact of, I I love that Regrets, and, and this is before I even got to the second album when you did, um, you know, the song about, you know, shooting his, his brother. Brother, you must love <laughs> me, mean, yeah. Yeah. But this is like regrets is like the first time, especially if you and that's kind of the thing of like what kind of pop music can kind of do and just popular music in general is that if you just listen to the singles and you don't go deeper, you're not going to find like a lot of like tangible kind of music in, in most cases. But when I first heard regrets, like that was the first time I like heard like like introspective Jay. And yeah. it's kind of like, oh, okay, like, and and also I, I went through this entire album, and that's like one of the last songs on the album before we get to the bonus tracks, and it's kind of like, well, well, damn, like, like you punctuate the album, like this this braggadocious album, this layered album, and then you hit us with this, and it's kind of like, fuck, bro, like this shit is is really heavy, um, and the and like like I said, rest in peace to my brother Mike, like the verse when he says i found myself reminiscing remember this one when he would say he was crazy nice with his son i, I miss, miss him. him like bro like oh my god like i always think of my brother yeah when i when i hear that bar one of those bars and not it's not even in a sad way like yeah i definitely miss my brother but at the same time like you know it's so funny my 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 brother when he was alive he taught me like a lot of shit and then when he left I got into Jay-Z more. And then now it's like this, it's this beautiful thing where it's like, it's just another gift that my brother gave me and right. gave me the gift of like having like another favorite artist of mine. And so when that bar comes up on regrets, it's kind of like, I can feel my brother like when I listen to that song. So it's a beautiful fucking feeling, man. And so, yeah, man. And like I said, like this is one of my favorite albums ever. And like this is kind of a punctuation on this beautiful album, and cannot live. It just like it just like if I ever wanted to be a rapper, like I'm trying to make this rap song as good as can I live. <laughs> like this, uh, he went out open like uh, BBS. Like you see mm. me stress, right? Like it's just so yeah. smooth. Like the 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 persona of Jay of being like this the smooth cat and this chill cap like it's really embedded in this album and can i live like he just he flows on that song just like so effortlessly <laughs> but but he does it in a way that 
it makes you think rapping is easy, but you cannot do that. Like, like, like yeah. you cannot reach that kind of level. And then for him to be that young, and then to do so much more music after that, like it's it's just incredible. Yeah, at the time, Hove was born in '69, uh, so he was a uh, he was only twenty uh, twenty seven uh, when no, yeah, twenty seven when Reasonable came out. Um, so which is a little bit older than than most rappers were, and that might be a reason why um, he's able to bring such wisdom on on this album as he is. Um, and kind of give a different perspective than just the young street hustler. He can actually say he's seen it all, done it all at this point. But Can I Live is hands down my favoritest Jay-Z record of all time. So I agree with you there. And you know who produced it? Who produced it? Fucking Irv Gotti. Irv Gotti. <laughs> How random is fucking that, bro? Not just Irv Gotti. He's credited as DJ Irv. DJ Irv. DJ Irv. So far. And that's kind of, and that's the, the great shit about what hip hop is. Like, by the time Irv Gotti was someone of like recognition on like a national level, like no one knew him for producing records. But, and even the funny thing is, even like Clark Kent, like, like Clark Kent's kind of notoriety is his shit with like sneakers. Like if yeah. you think of like sneakerheads and sneaker culture, like he's one of the the ones that really champions this shit more than ninety nine point nine percent of people that call themselves sneakerheads or sneaker collectors or whatever. And so you don't even the think game. about yeah, but you don't even think about him producing. Brooklyn's finest, like, like that's like if Clark did that and then nothing else, like I would remember Clark for that. But you know his skills as a DJ and a producer is great, um, and that and that and actually I was going to talk about this earlier. Also, like you talked about how this could have been Jay's only album, but Clark is one of the ones who really pushed Jay to complete the album. Like he was really one of the ones. Who, he was. Who really was keep sending him music, getting him involved in the studios. Like when he was traveling back and forth, like hustling and stuff, Clark was, and, it, and we want to get to the, uh, well, we're not, he, yeah, he did shout out Clark on um, Mama Loves Me or Black Album. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Now that was Blueprint. So, or was, wait, Mama Loves Me. You know yeah. That? Yeah, it was, it was Blueprint. Yeah. It was Blueprint. And so, yeah, and so, like, Clark was one of the ones that he, if, if Clark is not so involved with Jay-Z trying to even start his career, like, we don't get none of this shit. No. But, but Clark's legacy, yeah, Clark legacy is kind of the, he's like the spark plug for that. And so, shout out to DJ Clark Kent. Yeah, shout out to Clark Kent, and he's the one who was, uh, who got Big's demo initially and is the one who ended up giving it to Puffy. Uh, he was really integral and uh, and big getting put on. So, again, shout out to DJ Clark Kent. But yeah, Irv Gotti produced the the greatest Jay Z record ever. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> Gotti has some other beats to his name, like from the Murder Inc. days that are pretty hard. But I don't know what was in either one of these dudes' veins the day that they that all of these this was put together. But I mean, and one more song he he produced. He shouted out in the last one. 
what's my name with DMX. Yes, he so, did. Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah. Um, uh, as I'm watching every nigga watching me closely, my shit is butter for the bread they want to toast. Want to toast me? I keep my heads. <laughs> both of them were they both supposed of them. Not both. Both. Both of them were they supposed to be. Hoes that get you sidetracked and clap from close feet. I don't sleep. I'm tired of Phil Wyatt like Codeine. These days, a brother got in my and me from four fiends away. Four fiends away. My brain, which it was quick to see, selling cane, brings fried and fricassee. I messed it up. Can't lie. At the time, it never bothered me. At the ball, get my, my thug, thug on, on properly. properly. My squad and me, laughing, lack of respect for authority. For authority. Laughing hard. <laughs> like, ugh. A brother, a brother gotta admire me from four things away. What kind of shit is that to say? <laughs> like, the shit ever, yo. Like, come on. Like, you're, you're a fiend. You're a fiend, okay? Picture this. Yeah. You're a drug fiend. And you're the fifth person in line waiting to get to Jay-Z to get Get either to hand him money, probably to hand him money. Okay, he's Jay. Oh, yeah. If he's ta- if he's going to be on the line, he's going to be taking the money. So you see this guy, and you're like, man, I can't wait to get my fix. And you're like, one, two, three, four. Okay, four people in front of me. And then you see Jay-Z, and you're like, damn, I want to be that guy. <laughs> like, come on. Like, who, who thinks like that to put that into rap form? Like, yeah. That's just a crazy descriptive line, and it's just <laughs> no. He's like this, and this is why this is my favorite Jay album. Just, just for the audacity, the audacity. Of a lot of a lot of this music on this album. And I know we talked last week uh, about kind of the early two thousand as being peak Jay, but ooh, I, I agree. I, I still agree. I just think that. Like nine six J, I mean, especially for like debut rappers. If you think of like rappers who have debuted and just given us just ridiculous just heat, like you got to think of like nine six J. You got to think of like nine four Nas. Yep. You got to think of Outkast with Southern Playlistic. Yep. You know ninety four Big. Like yeah, like Big with Ready to Die. Like, there's just a lot of rappers who maybe they have a good career, you know, maybe they have, like, even, like, a, a classic song, like, solid projects, but the, the tear that the new the newer artists was from when they first got on a record until when they first dropped their first album, like, like a lot of people aren't going to be touching like Nasik J. A lot of people aren't touching Illmatic or Southern Playlistic. Like it's just like, and I think that's kind of why talking about something recently with like, like Jeezy with Thug Motivation One Hundred One. Like I, I think that's like the a strong ass debut album. It is. But if you if you think about who Jeezy was, like he had mixtapes leading up to that moment. So like Jay. Outcast, Nas, they didn't have no albums. They just had like pockets of songs to sprinkle in. You had Live with the Barbecue. You had the original uh, Players Ball. You had Jay one like Jazzo shit, Originator shit. Yep. Yeah, but like they didn't like they didn't have like the kind of luxury to to test run projects before the first album. 
And so I just think that, you know, it's it's incredibly impressive what Jay was able to do on Reasonable Doubt. And speaking of DJ uh DJ Irv, Irv Gotti, I actually like Fool's Paradise remix to Ken Octasu more than the original. Oh I mean, it, I mean, it's I, a, it's, a, it's a hot beat. take. It's a hot take. I, I know it's a hot take. I I and also because I like I said, I would skip over the original Cannock the Hustle, just play the entire reasonable doubt, and I will always hear like the Melissa Morgan all those runs she was doing, <laughs> like all those runs she was doing or whatever. Like, I, like obviously she's not Mary, like okay, she's not Mary, but you know, I've I've always kind of fuck with that song pretty heavy. Um, and yeah, it's a bonus track. It deserves to be a bonus track. It's a different take of of, uh, of the song, though. So I understand why you would gravitate to that more, especially if you feel like the original's played out more. Yeah. And so I, I always fuck with that. Always fuck with that. And also, uh, Can I Live 2 is it's not, it definitely not can, the OG Can I Live, not passing that. It's not. But it's so, it's so, like, I feel like they. It's such a. I think that's an embodiment of what a remix should be. Also, kind of talking about what you just said for "Cannot the Hustle," mm-hmm. like "Can I Live Too?" Like, it's completely different tone. He has bleak on it, and even kind of the the kind of humorous Jay at the at the end when he's like, uh, <laughs> "Credit card schemes, <laughs> got two kids, no man." I like that shit. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like now he's just fucking with us to get the album out. Like yeah. now he's just playing with us. Yeah. Um, but even then, like I still fuck with that song. Um, yeah, I came around on it because we discussed on the pod before that I didn't like that song. Um, but that was because I'd heard the OG version of Reasonable Doubt, which was um they actually had Can't Knock the Hustle and the Pain and Ass intro separate, and there was no Can I Live Two. This uh, Can I Live 2 was added on the re-release, which came out in like 98 when they're trying to capitalize on the fact that uh, Volume 2 was selling so much. So they kind of threw back, they kind of recombined Track 1 and 2, which was the intro and in Can't Knock the Hustle. And then they threw Can I Live 2 on there. Um, and you can hear in Jay's voice, it was recorded in a different time period because he has more of the Volume volume 2, Volume 1 voice versus his normal, the tone that he uses throughout Reasonable Doubt. So it is a good song, though. It, it is a good sequel. It is not going to ever be Can I Live, which I saw him perform live, and it was the greatest day of my life. I was, I saw him perform that, but I saw him perform You Don't Know live during a 444 concert. Yes, you did. And I caught the Holy Ghost. I mean, shit was nuts. That, like, that, that song it, is, it, it is nuts. Go ahead. I don't, my bad. Keep going. <laughs> no, nah, like, because the funny thing is, I've always known that I've always loved You Don't Know. It wasn't until that very moment that I saw him do it live that I knew that was probably my favorite Jay song, like, ever. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, because like, I, I vividly remember. Dun, 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 and I lit up more than anyone else in my section and i didn't give a fuck that was me for can i live that was me for can i live yes like and it was like it was just a it was a fucking freight train bro like it was seeing it live i'm so happy i saw it live 
Like, I have no clue what consoles will be in the future. I have no clue if Jay will ever tour again in the future. I mean, why does he really need the tour? <laughs> but, you know, seeing that live, like, that shit was so dope, man. It's so fucking dope. I am jealous that you got to see that. Uh, serious question. Original, you don't know, instrumental, or the remix, you don't know, instrumental? I tweeted at Just Blaze, and Just Blaze said I approve. I, I go with the remix. The, the remix is crazy, yo. Yeah. Like, I, like the, the song and totality of the original is my favorite Jay song, but the You Don't Know remix beat is better than the original beat. At that, okay, I'm just making sure I'm not crazy, because um, every time I hear that, and it's like, if I was going to rap over this, and I actually was going to rap over it at one point, but then I'm, who knows if I ever will. But I was like, I like the original You Don't Know, and I might have done it at one point, but the remix is just so, he like took the original and he just turned it up to 200. And it, it's yeah. so, it's just so dope. Um, and MOP, of course, you almost had to with that energy they brought in. And then Jay didn't let MOP outshine him because he came right on that bitch and was like, all right, I see MOP, but uh, I'm Hove, so. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, the, and I mean, that, that song, kind of got lost in the the blueprint to shuffle but yeah. um but no that 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 song in totality that song is still good but the original is just kind of unbeatable in my eyes yeah i i agree um so after we've talked about the greatest song ever can i live from reasonable doubt even though we just were talking about you don't know we'll get, we're going to talk more about that i'm sure because we're going to talk about blueprint um <laughs> What is your worst moment on Reasonable Doubt, if there is one, Marcus? Um, I remember, I definitely remember, you know, nigga being a single. Um, Same. That that song works better as just a Foxy Brown song featuring Jay. So, I'm not. I'm not mad that it's on Reasonable Doubt. Uh, Do you skip it? No, I actually no, I don't. I don't either. Um, actually, I mean to be very honest, like I don't like I skip Can I the Hustle. I'll listen to Politics. Usually, go right into the end of Can I Live Two. Um, and that's it. I don't like I said. I don't. It's not a weak song. It's a good song. It's a great song. It's a classic single. I I would say, I mean. Jay has two verses. Fox only has one, right? Yes. Even even still, then like, well, <laughs> runs up in him, bring on their face like Lennon. Like, I play hard until they say God. He's keeping it real. Jigga, Jigga stay, stay hard. hard. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of nuts. All right, we leaving it. In. We not we not picking that then. We not picking that then. Uh, I'm looking at the track listing. Uh, if there, okay, if there's any song that feels outdated i may have to give it the 22 twos eh, you might be right is you it, might be right like the the like the the first verse is the premise is like you know i don't want to say cute because i don't want to be too dismissive of it but i mean it is what it is he did 22 twos but then the next verse is no twos in it. <laughs> so it's kind of, it's kind of like, uh, all right, well, thanks you. I mean, you could get, gave us one verse, Jay, but okay. Uh, and the the 
but actually the sonics of the production of that is definitely like 95 like mm-hmm. maybe even like 94 yeah um yeah. so if there's i would say if there's like a weak spot i mean and like the 20 like the first verse of that is still impressive like don't get me wrong yeah. i would say if there's like the weakest spot of the album i would say so thick looking too many niggas on a mission trying to do their best she's in redition yeah like I would probably say that. Uh, what would you say would be the weakest moment or reason for that? You know what? I I was having trouble thinking of it because it wasn't going to be Ain't No Nigga. Because every time it comes up and it's like, it's right after Can I Live, so I know it's the next song after like your highest of highs and it's like, then you're going to come down for Ain't No Nigga. But it's like, it works. And shout out to the sequencing that was done on this album, by the way. Um, yeah. But, but you know what? As I've gotten older over the years, you know what what it is about twenty two twos that bothers me? It's not Jay's second verse. It's that dumbass skit that they build okay. around that song. Yeah. Who, who's in here smoking reefer? Who is that? Who is that? Well, we got Jay Z. He's got an album coming out on Rockefeller Records, and then Jay's like, "Yeah, thanks." And like, "Thanks for being here." And Jay's like, "Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot." <laughs> and it's like it just it, <laughs> it's I know what it supposed to do the first time you hear it the first 50 times you listen to it it's great but in 2021 i don't think the skit helps at all the concept of 22 is excellent first verse second verse it's fine gotta reach my quota push rock um it's fine but and then he drops the f word so yeah we 22 yeah does. we can get rid of it yeah so he yeah does. yeah yeah Maybe the choice is easier than what we expected it to be. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you you kind of got it, and then of course he tried to update it years later, and forty four four. So what's that? <laughs> that was I an O six. About that. That was from I... that was from the Kingdom Come era, man. That shit came out like oh I think it leaked God. around the time he did the ten year anniversary concert at Radio, not Radio City. Um, what? Oh no, yeah. He, was it Radio did, City? Cause he, yeah, he did the the ten year reason without anniversary, and then around that, like, yeah, he had the four. Oh my god, it sounds so terrible saying out loud. The yeah, forty four. Because so. he performed it at that concert, and you could, and there's no. I think to this day, there's no studio version of this. I think there's only the live rips from that concert, and I've never yeah. heard the whole thing. I don't think. Oh, you! I used to have it. I used to. Was I it think, the studio or was it the live version? Um, no, it was a so. What? No, no, no. I do think the studio version does exist. Oh, does it? And so basically, ugh, fucking Apple. Like, like <laughs> for whatever reason, for whatever reason, I used to have like, I got my first iPod in like um like two thousand six ish or whatever. Same. Whenever they whenever they built the Best Buy in Morgantown, like that's like soon after that is when that I was oh six. So yeah, yeah, that was oh six or oh five. And so it would, it, for whatever reason, it would like it would delete random songs sometimes, but I wouldn't know it. And so it it would delete like just random tracks. Like like you remember the hip hop Save My Life song from Lupe from his second album? Yeah, that song that song got deleted, and I didn't notice it for years. <laughs> So, so I forgot. I totally forgot about that song existing until I saw the video for like years later. And so I think that was one of the songs, like the 444 song 
that just got deleted and I just totally forgot about. I have not thought about that in at least a decade, Hyphen. Damn. You just saw me just remember that song just right now. That's crazy. You're welcome. I think right about here is good. This is me, your favorite producer, Uncensored Mike, and I'd like to tell you guys about my new show, The Soapbox on Isla Pal. It has me, it has my friends, and it has your favorite people who you don't even know yet. Come listen to us and meet some new folks. That's it. I know my old iPod before it died. It had a ton of stuff on it that for some reason I thought I had it on external, but then I was looking for it probably within the last year. I was looking for stuff on my external and I didn't have it. And I was like, son of a bitch. I just had that damn thing on my iPod and I never backed it up. So I have a ton of music like that. So that makes perfect sense. Uh, but yeah, 44 fours, man. Come on, ho. 44 fours. That was Kingdom Come, Hove, man. Oh my God. Ooh, it's the lights. Action, Hollywood. That's oh my god, that's a tough sell, Jay. Jesus Christ. Ooh man. Ooh. Oh man. So speaking of a uh, of a uh, song memories of can I of a uh, reasonable doubt, my copy of um reasonable doubt. It must have had. It was either during the burning. I think it was during the bur- burning because I don't think it had a scratch on it for years. But I think when it burned, you know how sometimes you would burn a perfectly fine MP3 to a CD and you go to listen to the CD and then there was something wrong with the song yeah. for some reason. My copy of Bring It On would skip on Jazz, it was Jazzo's verse and it would literally, and it would skip for about 10 seconds and then go right back into his verse and then be perfectly fine. It wasn't like, skipping it was the actual copy on my song so the first time i heard bring it on and that wasn't in there that was interesting because <laughs> i was always used Jesus. to going dit, 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 dit. i knew it was something was wrong with it but that was my copy of just like how my blueprint started would never change my copy reasonable doubt had uh a skip in the middle of jazz's verse so uh shout out to jazzo shout out to jazzo man if if jay's not mad at him if jay's mad at him we don't like jazzo we don't like anybody Jay Z's mad at. <laughs> um, Jay Z's mad true. at poor people. So not not true. Uh, no, I should have saw that coming. Not true. It was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Oh, man, That's capitalism, real. Jay. Oh, We've been know. talking about it for uh, almost four years in the pod, bro. Almost four I years know. in the pod. So, can we talk about? Friend or foe and cashmere thoughts. Because <laughs> I um, feel like they kind of go hand in hand in different ways. I've always spoken of cashmere thoughts. Uh, isn't that the uh, fuck if you uh, fuck uh, if your leg broke, broke, bitch? Hop on your good foot. foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, kinda, that was <laughs> first time we get the J laugh, I think. Hilarious. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, no, they were cool. Um, I know Jay 
for coming of age, Jay wrote like uh, Memphis's verse on that, uh, which I don't have a problem with honestly. Like I, he basically just wrote and told him to spit it, so mm-hmm. it's not like that too big of a deal in my eyes, honestly. Uh, I think it's actually, it's, I mean, someone who's a fan of the locks and with Jay and Styles P and what Styles P and Sheik and Jada and uh, Sheik do with their in and out flow. I'm a fan of that clearly. And so they don't necessarily do the in and out, but they do like the kind of the trade off. Well, no, they do the in and out for a little bit on that song. So I'm not, I'm not mad at that song. Um, No, I think it's a great song. Bleak Bleak for being like 15 at the time. He was mad young still. Uh, And even for reading Jay's lyrics, like he, he really brought it on that track. So shout out to my man, Bleak, come on the show, answer my DMS. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) boss. We, okay, one, one, we don't pause in 2021, and two, I have been asking him every now and then DMs to come on the pod. Jeez, like, hey, maybe he'll look at it one day. God. Maybe. May, maybe, Just but now you made me sound like a super creep, so thanks. No. <laughs> no. no, you made yourself sound like a super creep, hyping. No, no, no. I didn't want to say it, but. <laughs> <laughs> Answer nah. your DMs, Memphis Bleak. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. <laughs> nah, and whoa, and you, you got to pause that one now. Like that that will definitely pause. I'm not worthy. pausing it because I don't. I'm just joking. It's just jokes. Golly, man. Okay, all right, Kyle. I love you. I love you, Memphis. You're my favorite. We know that <laughs> for, for the last 45 seconds. I'm just gonna lean into it now. You know, I'm gonna just make it more awkward than it needs to be. It's not all good for me, baby. I mean, oh, hey, <laughs> hey, turn off the lights. It's so funny. I just watched so Snow Watch and Fade the Black, and Beyonce just walked off stage with Ghostface. How random of a parents. <laughs> Actually, I forgot she was on. I forgot he was on that song with her, but that's so. She he ain't on the Spotify version. It's just it's just oh. uh, Beyonce. Like it was a remix, summertime remix. So it's not on Spotify. I was looking for it the other day. I was a little disappointed, man. Shout out to the Ghostface Raekwon versus man. That shit was dope. And shout out to Meth and Reds versus man. Those those were both fun ass times. Probably the best versuses besides the rest in peace, the DMX and Snoop Dogg one, I think. And the fact that Gucci and and Jeezy almost came to blows. That was just awkward. That shit was. I'm not gonna lie. That the, the Jeezy and Gucci one. That shit was kind of lit. Like, because so because Gucci just. Open with a fucking new disc record, <laughs> and Jay Z didn't do shit. Like this shit was mad awkward. It was it was mad tight, and then and then <laughs> Gucci did eventually. He did the put that nigga in the dirt. <laughs> yes, he did. So <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, that shit was so crazy. Oh, oh man. But then I mean, obviously, I mean. If you ask for one at night, it was definitely Jeezy, but yeah. Oh my god, like that shit was still that shit was classic. It was that classic. Ha- um, that had the most tension, but then the next one had the most tension was probably Brandy and Monica because Monica did not look like she's fucking with Brandy at all the whole night. So, oh, I, I didn't see that one. I missed that one. I just called highlights on on IG. I wasn't watching, but she definitely did not look like she's happy to be there. Just there to get her check. <laughs> oh man, speaking of getting a check though. Dead Presidents 2 or Dead Presidents 1? You know, the funny thing is, I've always said Dead Presidents 1. When I, and obviously, I, I, that's actually one of the songs that got me more invested into Jay's career. 
Um, I think I just I think the structure of that song and the storytelling he does in that song and the kind of the rhythm of that song is Dead Presidents 1. I listened to Dead Presidents 2 today and it actually kind of hit me listening to it today like how awesome Dead Presidents 2 actually is. Like I, I feel like for me like Dead Presidents 2 was in the shadow for so long of one that maybe I didn't like fully appreciate it but I was listening to it today and it just it's just a really really dope song and so yes, um, it it's it's definitely not one of the low lights on that album like it's 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 really strong and the funny thing is like i wouldn't even replace i wouldn't even replace it like i would still leave dead presidents to the way it is on the album and then dead presidents one just be like a white label and if you're like a fan of what jay is and who he is like you would go out and seek the original anyway. So I think I think two's place is pretty solid in Jay's category. They're both amazing, but um, Dead Presidents 2 would be my choice as well. Like, first off, again, shout out to Ski, man. Ski did such work on this album. Politics as usual, Dead Presidents 2, feeling it. 22, aforementioned 22 twos, he does have that. But, uh, yeah, the, the this is probably one of the most iconic beats from Reasonable Doubt. This is the one that most up-and-coming MCs think they should rap over. I personally have tried to never touch any of these beats because I hold them in such high regard because I just can't imagine dropping some lame-ass bars over any of these. Not to say I'm lame, but I, if I drop one lame bar, it's like, nope, this ain't good enough. I'm not going to put this out. This is a waste of time. Um, but Dead Presidents is one of the most beautiful instrumentals on the whole album. and it, the run, the run from politics as usual up to ain't no nigga is pretty phenomenal, man. Because you got politics, Brooklyn's finest, dead presidents, feeling it, the evils. Oh, twenty two twos is in there now. So and then can I live? So even the run up to twenty two twos, but then if you, it's only twenty two twos and then can I live? So if you can sit through twenty two twos and take it for what it is, which is fine, easily to do, and it's can I live? It's a pretty, it's a pretty uncomparable run on an album. Like again, the sequencing is just fire on this entire piece. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, last thoughts on reasonable before we pivot to the. I would say Blueprint is probably the album that. Actually, I don't know. L- let me actually table my question until we actually go to Blueprint. But okay. What are your last thoughts on Reasonable Doubt? <sighs> Reasonable Doubt is ultimately as much as Illmatic is revered as the greatest debut album of all time, and I'm not taking anything away from Illmatic. Reasonable Doubt is ultimately what any rapper who has any respect for themselves, this is what they strive to be throughout an album. Because Jay is funny, Jay is witty, Jay is serious, he gets real deep without telling you anything, which leaves a mystery to it. He doesn't, he's able to do songs that are on the radio, such as Ain't No Nigga and Can't Knock the Hustle. He's able to make you laugh, make you cry. I already said he's funny and witty, but he, he's just able to give you the complete package in only 55 minutes of runtime before you throw on the bonus, the, the bonus track, Can I Live Too. 
And it's such a feat that it, it, it's, it's something that just is hard to accomplish. Like even for seasoned veterans who have made albums for years and years and years to sit down and try to make something like this, it's almost unattainable because somehow with the producers and with the things Jay-Z knew and, the, and how Jay-Z taught himself how to rhyme and then his mentors such as Kane and Jazzo, and then the independent mindset that him and Dame and Biggs had going into this album, it was the perfect storm to create what is arguably one of the best hip-hop albums of all time. So even after all this time, we're 25 years in, and this album is still fresh other than 22 twos, and it's still a touchstone in hip-hop. It just speaks a lot to everybody who was involved in the entire process. Shout out to Clark Kent for making them rap. Shout out to the fact that Jay never went to prison for anything he did before this. <laughs> but uh, it, it's just a, a hip-hop accomplishment that puts Jay on hip-hop's Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah. Um, my last, well, I think I already said all my thoughts. Like It's still one of my favorite albums, like regardless of genre. Um, it's the album that if... I think there's only... I think there's two rap albums for me that I would say are in the discussion of greatest rap albums ever. Mm-hmm. More so in the fact that if someone asks me what the embodiment of what hip hop is to pick an album to represent that, there's two albums I would pick. It's either Illmatic or Aquamanai. I think the range of what those two albums do and just the, the depth that those albums go uh, respectively of each other, I just think is absolutely amazing. For me, though, I think Reasonable Doubt is an album that I would want to make myself if I was a rapper. Right. I would want to make something that is lush storytelling, good production, classic verses, and then like the classic origin story, basically. And I don't necessarily know if Jay was always chasing him. Uh, Jay was always chasing reasonable doubt. I don't know if Nas is always chasing Illmatic. I don't you think can... Nas was. He didn't act like it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I mean, you, you said it. You're right, Kellen. One was the, the other was Illmatic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um and and I think the great thing about Outcasts, Outcasts never chase like they Outcasts continually reinventing themselves through each album, through each yes, project. Kanye, you know, before we fall off a cliff, Kanye mm-hmm. continually evolved as an artist and different flavors, different vibes, different attitude for each album. But I think that what Reason No Doubt did it solidified the persona, especially with, I think a lot of people like me who had to double back because people were telling them, uh, telling reason that was so good that they went so long without listening to it. They had to double back and listen to it. And then that solidified him even more in a lot of rap, rap nerds minds. Oh yeah. And so I just think that reason without really has kind of a special place in New York hip hop and just, just hip hop overall. Um and I would 
I would actually, I would definitely love a, a I would have loved to have gone to that 10 year anniversary show to where he performed this and nothing else. I think that would have been really dope. Um, but, you know, may, maybe he'll do that for the, the 30th anniversary. Who knows? It would be safe by then, we hope. So that that would be real cool. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. So the blueprint. September 11th, 2001. It was released. And it was, like I said, it was already taking the world by storm because it had already leaked by then. And people was going nuts about this album and its sound. And ultimately, after Reasonable Doubt, this would be my second favorite Jay-Z album. Yeah, me too. And it redefined the sound of, of hip-hop completely, of rap, because this was this was the start of Jay-Z setting trends. Like, if there's any trends that come to mind, it's sped up soul samples and and take that throwback off where button ups. <laughs> Cause well, well, a little bit before that, yeah. Yeah. So the the fact that most of this album was completed in a week, the bulk of it. Uh hell, not even a week, a weekend, and then he kind of sprinkled the other pieces on over the next couple months. The fact that I remember adding the source for this album that said that had it under an entirely different name, actually. And I, I saw it once not that long ago. But it's a new Jay-Z album coming out in August featuring the single Izzo. And it, it's going to be called this. And then it didn't end up being called that. I remember that. <laughs> and for it to fall on such an unfortunate date in American history and always be tied to that and linked also by the charity work and the charity uh, charity work, the charity shows that uh, Jay-Z did following the events of September 11th. This is the other album that ultimately defines who Jay-Z is. So, first question, Marcus. Do you like the song, Jigga That Nigga? <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting first question. Uh, I mean, it's decent. It's, it's not, like, great. Like, no. Right. It's all right. I mean, like, this is a five-mic album we're talking about, Marcus. Like, yeah, I mean, but that's not a five mic song. I mean, like, that's like a three half. Produced by the Trackmaster. Trackmasters. Uh, uh, that was a hell of a song to pick the song by first. Uh, let's talk. I want to talk about the lows. He is I. I am him. Like, oh, okay, all right. He is okay. I, and I am him. Peak Jay Z ripping off rhymes. If there's ever a time that anybody could say Jay Z stole rhymes, Blueprint is chock full of them. Biggie rhymes, um, Snoop rhymes, Biggie or Jay was stealing everybody's verses and throwing them on Blueprint. So we can already just throw that out there. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was obviously with. Um, I think it was a bit. Well, because this is actually before when people were pointing it out. So yeah, I know it was. Yeah. Yeah, this is like two, three years before um, I'm a Biden on a Rhymer. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. That's Who the put that thing. together? Did that, that was like, like Cam on the That was shit? Cam. That was like Cam's yeah, Cam. Oh my man. God. I'm With a Biden on a Rhymer. And just him stealing raps. That was like what? A three minute clip? Like, yeah, yeah, Longer was, than that. I mean, 
It was. Uh, it's still on the internet. I saw it not that long ago. Somebody had repurposed it for YouTube. Like Jay Z's been stealing rhymes forever, and then they started playing the clips. I was like, oh, that's from that song where they were calling him the biter. It's so oh funny. man! Because actually talking about biting, I'm so I'm afraid the black Kanye is playing the beats for Jay, and I, I'm pretty sure he's at the moment when he he played his revision Doughboy beat, which is actually that the the Doughboy beat that Kanye made is fucking nuts. Like yes. the drums on that are, are actually way better than the original. It's dope. Um, it's real but, dope. But yeah, but back to well, I mean, Kanye is actually integral to this album. It's funny, Kanye is integral to this album, but then he still got brushed off, which is still kind of remarkable to think about. Like, Kanye has what four songs in this album? Five, if you include Girls, Girls, Girls Part Two. Yes, and even still, he's he was he was still looked at as like, yeah, you just produce. Get out! <laughs> like, like he, was, he was still the like, and this is actually a little bit before like the pink polo shit. Like, like right. he didn't really do like the polo Lacoste until like the black album era, and then I mean, obviously, like a year later, he dropped you know dropout. But the blueprint era is like, we just found this new hot producer. We'll get him in the video for like two seconds. And then that's it. Like, right. Like go go back to the dungeon. <laughs> and that's so what they did. Is, exactly yeah. what they did to him. Last call. <laughs> it's um yeah, it, it's still it is actually and I mean speaking of origin stories, like it is interesting to see how Kanye was this guy who was on the he I mean he was inside, so he wasn't on the outside looking in, but he was still getting put at an arm's distance, but then he would eventually become a pop icon. And the, I mean, the legacy where Kanye like became for better or for worse, like the rock origins of that are Blueprint and uh, Beanie. Yep. And what he wanted to give Harder City to DMX, but I guess DMX passed on it. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I don't know what DMX would have done with it, but Jay-Z, he definitely handled it in the right way. Yes. Um, also, he got no credit for his vocals on Never Change, because that's definitely Kanye yeah. spent no Never Change. Uh, for some reason, Wikipedia has Michael Jackson listed as producer on Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2, uh, in addition to Kanye, so that's interesting. I still, to this day, have never heard the uncredited vocal that Jay claims is on Girls, Girls, Girls Part 2. Uh, I don't hear it, Jay. So I don't know if you're embellishing or not, but I don't know, man. But yeah, Kanye, Kanye did four tracks. Just Blaze turned in uh, three tracks. Uh, Bink was responsible for three tracks. Uh, Poking Tone, of course, the Jigga That Nigga, Timbaland came in with Ola Vito. Eminem showed up for Renegade, of course, and that that's your uh. Your, your producers for the blueprint so <sighs> next question renegade do you like royce's version or J- i'm kidding no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm not gonna say do you like royce's or jay's version better because obviously it's gonna the answer is jay <laughs> for me it's jay can we can we <laughs> talk about just some revisionist well let's i think we need to make some revisionist history can we let's do it just for once and for all, just say Jay was not murdered 
by Eminem on Renegade. Like if if you want to talk about being murdered on the song, the totality of what that rapper does it has to be better than the totality of what you do on the song. And so like you can you can I guess make an argument that maybe Eminem had like the best verse on the song, but Jay's second verse on that song is fucking incredible. Yes. Like like a lot of and obviously there's a time obviously like when people kind of ran with like the nods this Eminem merge you on your own shit and like that became like this whole massive thing that was blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Like we like I think this is where we actually set the record straight. I'm I'm down. Like, like Eminem did not murder Jay. Like it's like now now you can make the argument that Jay had Eminem's versus so he had a better opportunity to make, you know, a better the best verse on the song, and he didn't. Okay, but that second verse, pocket filled with a lot of lint, not a cent. Got a vent, a lot of instant laughs off of a project bench. Would you holler rent? Got to pay rent, bring dollars in. Bada bodega, I ain't under my coat, feeling braver. Do rap, wrapping my waves up, pockets full of hope. Like he called drugs pockets full of, full of hope. hope. Eminem not doing that, man. Get the fuck out of here, man. Like, <laughs> no, I'm I'm on, all bro. for anything that uh lessens the impact of Ether. I'm totally here for it. So, no, <laughs> no, Jay was not murdered on this. He, the first time I heard Renegade, I was like, one, I thought the, I mean, that was one of the classic Eminem productions from that era, because like Eminem's production era is pretty much from like 2000 to 2005, like when he dropped Encore. So it was. One is one of his better beats that he put out in this time frame. Um, it's dark, it's moody, it changes everything up, especially after all the soul samples, and then you get to this dark, moody track. And then, yes, Eminem had a great verse, but Jay did not get murdered on his own shit. Jay's first verse is good, his second verse, like you said, is super crazy. And then Eminem comes in with it. It's not that position, and then they listen, you know, and he, he, he does a great job. But the whole song works as well. Like the the hook works. Uh, obviously, the voice in Eminem version was recorded first, but M- Jay was able to just put his pieces in on the hook where Royce had his p- parts in, and they made it work, man. Like it's a great song on a great album. So no, I completely agree. Jay was not murdered on Renegade. So I'm here for that sake all day long. Anything that lessens Ether. Ether was like. The the shock and awe campaign of what Ether was, you know, we we can give it credit for that. But if we're if we're like, even if we take fandom just aside, like 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 I said, I think I think Illmatic is one of the the, the best representation of what hip hop is, and I think Reasonable Doubt is one of my favorite albums ever. If I put that all to the side, just look at the totality of what the music actually was as far as like the disc records, I would take I'd still take Blueprint 2 over Takeover and Ether. Because it's yes. like like if you listen to like the shit that Jay-Z is actually spitting on that song, like it's it's real shit. Like like Nas is doing like the like the lunchroom, like the after school, like when you're on the bus and you're joining, you cutting people up, like whatever, whatever. Right. Like, you know, it's like, okay, whatever, whatever. But like, if we're looking at like what Jay was actually spitting as far as like him dissing Nas on that, on those songs, 
and particularly for Blueprint 2, like, I, I just think it's kind of unmatched the quality of, like, what that song did. Um, and Takeover, I love Takeover, too. And he's still sending shots in Oz's way, but I think Blueprint 2 is, I think Blueprint 2 is probably, like, one of the most underrated diss tracks, especially for an artist like Jay, who's mega popular. I think Blueprint 2 is incredibly underrated. And the fact that he just put Blueprint 2 on this two of the Blueprint 2 and then like made no big deal about it. He's like, because Nas came back with um on Godson, he had it brought up in the last run to go live. He brought it up again, brought up the beef again. And so when Jay came out and dropped Blueprint 2 and literally put blue, dropped Blueprint 2, like he, he literally, like you said, was speaking truth. And that's the thing I've always hated about Ether is because of course, Ether's aged horribly. The beat was already terrible. The hook is pretty terrible, too. But, I mean, he was just making fun of Jay. And, like, nobody had ever came at Jay in that way. And it was amplified to the biggest scale ever. So when Jay got mad about it and went and did Super Ugly, that's when everything kind of went off the rails for, oh, and then they did the battle of the beats, of course. It's like Super Ugly versus Ether. Of course Ether's a better record than Super Ugly. But you put TakeOver versus Ether, I'm still taking TakeOver all day long. Because... Like Jay was even saying, like the searchlight publishing line is iconic, man. Like, yeah, yeah I sampled your voice. You was using it wrong. You made it a hot line. I made it a hot song. And then he's like, you know who I paid God? Searchlight publishing. Like, that's talking about Nas's business. And it's like flipping the whole thing about sampling my voice from his stomatic freestyle from the summer of 01. It's, it's just, come on, man. Like, it just frustrates me and I'm glad I'm super glad that we don't have to sit here today and talk about Jay-Z and Nas still beefing all this time later. Like nobody wants to talk about them uh, beefing 20 years later. So I'm glad they squashed it in 05. I'm glad we've gotten the songs we've gotten. And I'm kind of glad that Jay and Beyonce still find ways to step on Nas whenever we get the chance. <laughs> whenever oh, yeah. Nas go by the release, some, some, one of theirs, something of theirs is going to come out. You, you can almost guarantee it. But I just hate that whole narrative. And the, I mean, yeah, that was one of the better lines on Ether that Eminem killed you. But Ether's full of a bunch of taunts. And that's what led us to Super Ugly. Takeover was full of a lot of truth. <laughs> a lot of truth, man. Yeah. And like, even for like Blueprint 2, when he was like, is it Uchi Wally Wally? Is it one mic? Is it Black Girl Lost? Does Shorty owe you for ice? Like, just even pointing out, like, even we talked about this just now. We said, like, he he wasn't chasing Illmatic. He was chasing, like, the Pop-Tart charts. Like, even just in those, that, that two bars for Jay, like, is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? <laughs> is it Black Girl Lost or Shorty owe you for ice? And and the funny and this is like even when people like were criticizing Nas chasing the charts, I'm I'm not gonna lie, I like oh <laughs> Shawty say what you <laughs> I like that Back song. Say what you price. But but at the same time it's like I I I remember one mic being this one mic had a moment of being a hit record. And it's like, wow, like Nas is like this thoughtful guy. But if we looked at what it was like like months earlier, he was a shorty oh he for ice. And so it's like, what's the truth? It's like it's like the the, the Oprah meme, like, so what's the truth, Nazir? 
Right. Um, so and his bodyguard did have a better verse on Uchiwali. Uh, horse killed that shit. Horse cart yeah. killed the Uchiwali joint. So so yeah, like it's um it's Jay. I mean, obviously Jay won the the battle of the songs in in yeah. life. Um, so. I, I'd say so. I'd say so. Even though Nas is winning with some investments that I hear now, he's apparently been investing his money wisely the past few years. So good for you, Nas. Capitalism rules the day. Speaking of terrible investments, I got to fade the black, and they're about to do it. They're about to do and they, here comes up. They come out like this. And they both got the white on. That's R. Kelly. And R. Kelly's like, what, what, what? Welcome he, to the he, best of both worlds. He he lip sing his whole verses, and then Jay thought his mic was broken, and in actuality it was not. He just wanted to lip sync. And it's so funny that they left. You remember when Jay like taps? So when R. Kelly is like quote unquote singing his songs. Yeah. And then Jay taps into his mic and look off to the side. It's because he's asking people, is he, R. Kelly singing through his mic or not? Yeah. And he absolutely was not. I never I've I've always seen You never caught that? that? I never realized he was checking the mic. I thought he I thought he was just literally kind of tapping it. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't even think that he was literally saying his mic's not working. That's hilarious. I'm yeah, slow. He, so yeah, so so they played, and this is kind of like the, a shit thing for any artist to do, but they played R. Kelly's track, and he didn't, I guess, want to sing it, so he just let the track play. He was lip singing it, and Jay was like confused, but you can hear when R. Kelly like he freestyles because that comes through, but right, when it, especially when it do, I think it's more prevalent in the body yadi yadi song. Yes, he's just like lip singing that whole song, which is funny. I mean, R. Kelly's a weird ass guy, but Um, that's just another part of it. Let's pivot to the story that I've been holding within me for so long about R. Kelly and Jay Z, because I was going to tell it on Catch the Show last year, and I never got a chance to. So, did you happen to catch the Best of Both Worlds tour at all, Marcus? No, I came to DC, but I'm I wasn't. I mean, I at that time when it came to DC. Um, I mean, actually, that, this was a, this is like the time when I was not fucking with Jay because it was a big line. So no, I, I didn't go see it. Okay. Well, me and Angel went to see Best of Both Worlds. Uh, we went to go see it in Baltimore because we had actually okay. went to go see the Truth Tour in 2004, uh, starring aforementioned Kanye West as opener and Usher. We saw that in Baltimore in 04. So when they announced the Best of Both Worlds tour. I was like, yo, I really want to go see Jay-Z. So we got some seats and went up to Baltimore to go go see the best of both worlds. So first of all, let me tell you, this show started so late, man. <laughs> so late. I We were in sitting and sitting and nobody knew what was happening. It was, the arena was full. They are playing music and they kept saying, oh, the show's going to start soon. And I'm like, and this is after I think they'd already canceled one show because of uh, technical difficulties or something. So I'm like, they're going to cancel the show. We drove all the way to Baltimore, Baltimore and they're not going to do the show. And we drove from Morgantown, of course. Yeah. So finally, they start playing the, the videos, like the, the, you know, the tour videos. So it's like they're showing these buses and they're rolling up and one bus is Jay-Z and other bus is R. Kelly. And then the buses burst onto the stage and then they both come out of the buses and then they do like Best of Both Worlds. And then they do, um, they probably did uh uh, take you home with me they did like two songs and then they rolled the buses back out and they both left the stage and then after that it became a jay-z show 
And so Jay Z came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jay Z. So so Jay's out and Bleak's out. I believe actually, I uh, Siegel wasn't there, but I'm pretty sure Freeway and um, Young Chris were there. And I think I think they did most like half of what we do. And I think they did you, me, him, and her, which is super dope. But they just go into this Jay Z show, and like I'm enjoying the show. I'm like, yo, this is dope, a Jay Z show. And it's like after that, Jay went left the stage. And then back out came R. Kelly. And I don't know if you've seen his tour outfits from the 2000s, but my man had on all purple, had on purple do-rag, purple leather, and he had on this big old belt buckle with a tongue hanging out of a mouth. Jesus Christ. Yes. And then he proceeded to start running through his his catalog, man. And so it was like, that was cool, especially for back then. I'm still kind of gross. Uh, like I've actually blacked those memories out of the R. Kelly show because I don't care for him anymore. Um, and then Jay-Z came back out and Jay-Z did more songs. <laughs> and then here comes R. Kelly again and does more songs. And then they both come back out and they do like a couple more songs off Best of Both Worlds. And I think this is when they had the um, second album out too that they did um, that had like the uh, Don't Let Me Die Tonight and stuff. Yeah. So they came out and finished up with that. And then the show was over. And then a few weeks later, everything happened at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and <laughs> the show was infamously canceled so that was my time going to see the best of both worlds was they were barely together and it was super late and i went to baltimore to see it so it's so it's so, <laughs> it's, so it's actually a, a really bookmarking time to what hip-hop was because i still remember the firestorm of and this is this is when uh what year is that again was that like oh that- that was five? O, o 05 when that happened, yeah. So I was, I was, a, uh, that time I would have been transitioning from sophomore to, to, oh, sorry, freshman to a sophomore, WVU. This is a concert in New York City. It caused such a fucking firestorm that it swept the internet, well, it swept like the hip hop blogs and hip hop websites at that time. Mm-hmm. It actually wasn't even. It wasn't even real blogs. It was more like hip-hop forums and shit. Yeah, websites. Yep, yeah. Websites. And so news sites, more more news sites than actual blog sites. And people were like like talking about it. Like R. Kelly saw a gun in the crowd. And like I remember like, <laughs> like Jay went on like Hot 9-7 and was like, you can't sneak a gun into Madison Square Garden. Who would wave a gun? <laughs> Yo, didn't Tata pepper spray R. Kelly too? Yeah, it was some shit like that. Like <laughs> this nigga's a wild boy. He was a wild fucking boy in the wrongest of ways, and like that. And so Man. it was, it was so fucking strange, bro. Like, like it's just so crazy. No wonder he don't count that in his thirteen albums on this four 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 album cover. Like, and we're back to that. <laughs> Like, you didn't even count right, so nigga. Didn't even count right. Christ. What's the worst Jay Z album cover? Four forty four. It's just mauve. It's just fucking. It's Beige. Taupe. It's Beige like, taupe, taupe, taupe. That's what you said. Like Times New Roman. It's like just come on, Jay. You fucking know that one in Playboy, but. I do want to say shout out again to J- Jonathan Mannion for another great cover on the Blueprint, though. He did reasonable. Uh, they ain't did blueprint. Four, four, four. I didn't say four, four, four. I mean, Jonathan, man, you you working the Microsoft Paint now, buddy? I mean, the Microsoft Word actually is fucking Microsoft Word. 
fucking this fucking guy, man. He got probably a fucking got, billionaire. He got the he album cover template. He got the album cover template. And he just typed four, four, four. And he's like, this is his thirteenth album. Oh, God <laughs> damn! You couldn't even take a picture for the fucking album. Like Jesus Christ. Uh, the 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 picture's available on title only. I mean, Jesus, it's terrible. It's Jay, you, and that may be Jay's last album. Like, I, well, technically, the Cars is last album, and that album cover is it's okay. That that cover is not. I mean, at least it's a fucking picture. Like, it's not just fucking type Beyonce and Jay Z album. Like, ah, I think we're gonna get one more Jay album at least. Uh, I think probably. we're going to get. I think we're going to get a Dread J album. It, it's got to happen. Um, it doesn't have to, but I feel like it's I was going to say. To I don't know if it needs to happen. It probably will. It though. does not need to happen. I would prefer. I would prefer him do guest spots on albums like he did well, with Electronica. Technically, I mean, it's so. The album is. Build technically as a Jay Z and well, it's built as a it's built like Raekwon's and Ghostface albums were right. But at the same time, like we just consider those Wu Tang albums. Like I don't consider that like a solo Raekwon album. I don't consider like Iron Man a solo Ghost album. Supreme Clientele was his first real solo album, I think. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm. That's a part of the 13. Jay, add another. Add, well, the, the fucking 20. Add another notch. Jay Electronica, Jay Z album. Add that notch to it. His next album is gonna say this is his 14th album. Oh, I'm a fucking barf. I'm gonna barf. All of it's my gonna be. IPhone. It's gonna be yellow cover. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's and that's exactly what it's gonna be, man. That's exactly what it's gonna be. So. Does Izzo still hold up for you today? All Kanye production holds up, I would say. I will, let me, I guess, maybe kind of preference, preference that. I would say Kanye production, like maybe 2000. I mean, I would say anything from like the shit he was doing, the early shit he did with Bleak up. Like that shit all still holds up. So, I mean, Izzo is is still a nut sample. It's definitely like you knew Jay was going to make that a single. Like, there's no way that song would have been an album cut. Um, I think in the pantheon of like Jay singles, it's it's probably middle tier. Um, I wouldn't, but I mean, but again, again, like. If you think of even like the most popular kind of J songs, as far as like singles, and then like rang out and like clubs and parties and shit, like it's it's a little bit before this when we do like um, the shit that we get. On, um, not necessarily change the game, but I would say, uh, what's the shit he has uh, with Pharrell? I just want to love you. Love you, yeah. I just want to love you. Like that shit popped off. Like in a major way, yeah, it did. Um, and then I mean, Big Pimpin', you know, that's top tier Jay singles. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
So I would say Izzo is Izzo is Izzo is of the time. Izzo is a good snapshot of what Kanye was trying to do at that moment. I would say it's it's probably it may be even a better snapshot of Kanye than of Jay, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. Like the just the flip of Mike Jack sample on that is just fucking crazy. So it is crazy. And it, it was I don't think I'm not to say anybody never tried to flip that sample before, but there was a lot of Jackson Five and Michael Jackson samples following Izzo because everyone was trying to recreate that moment. And he it it was still I want you back, but it was fresh is the thing. And then Hove kept it as light as possible, man. And he was he was again, we mentioned him skating all over tracks um earlier. Like he he literally skated all over that. That was simply light work. Light work for Jay. It, it was real easy for him to knock that yeah. bad boy out. And I would, I mean, if we're talking about just the guys of like Jay and Kanye, I don't, that, that may be like low tier. Well, like the beat itself is not low tier. No. I would say in the totality, you mean a collaboration? Like, are you talking like putting it with stuff from Watch the Throne, like in all their bodies of work together? Yeah, I'm thinking of like this totality, big picture of a Kanye and Jay song, like regardless of stipulation. The beat itself is really good, but if we look at like just Kanye production for Jay, I mean, fuck, like, I mean, I would say Guess Who's Back is like upper <sighs> echelon of like just. Oh, it's craziness. It's amazing. Ah, uh, guess who's Bizak? Boy. Yeah. Such a, um, such a great, and it's a Scarface record. Shout out to that Scarface yeah. record, man. The Fix is an incredible record from start to finish. Scarface got a lot of good records, but that's always been my favorite, man. Yeah. And we covered, I, I, like I said, I think Do You Want to Ride is like one of Jay's best songs. That's a Kanye song. Mm-hmm. Um, if we think of, I mean, I think Swagger Like Us was a song that, if we're being kind of honest, like, the song itself is a bit mid, but the, the beat on that is just fucking, the beat and the M.I.A. Uh, sample flip is just fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, and Tags, I would say. Poppin' Tags really is so underrated. good. Killer Mike, man. And yeah. Big Boy. Yeah. So uh, good. And then, I mean... <sighs> Run This Town is a is a better Kanye song than it is a Jay song. Yeah. Even though it's on Blueprint 3. Um, I love Already Home, the Kid Cudi, the one you saw the hook on. I, do I love too. that song. Great record. Yeah. And then obviously the shit that we had on Watch the Throne. It even kind of just features that uh, Jay is on, like um, So Appalled. Um, so Appalled. Yes. Uh, yeah. That song's really nuts. Uh, I mean, and then kind of double back to kind of going a little bit around the time era. Um, Lucifer is fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, Never Let Me Down is on Dropout. Oh, I love. God, Never Let Me Down. Oof. So, I mean, like, I think, I, funny, I think all the songs I've named, even like Swagger Like Us, which I think is still kind of mid, I would say it's probably better than H.I.S.O. So. No, I, I agree with all those choices. It's it's crazy. Like when you compare producers and stuff, people always think about people who produce for Jay. They think Neptunes, they think Tim, they think Kanye. But Kanye and Jay really have worked together for. I mean, obviously they have a whole album together, but 
just the, when you look at the body of work and then you put it against anybody else's work with Jay, it's is no contest, man. Kanye definitely. I mean, other than Just Blaze, maybe Just Blaze might be up there, but I mean, I, again, Kanye has an album and is an artist. Just Blaze has never tried to be an artist, other than him singing a few hooks for um, Mayno back in the day. <laughs> and I mean, we talked a little bit about Scarface, a little about Beanie. Um, this can be life. Mm. Crazy. Um, I didn't want that the respect of Jay. I wanted him to go hard on it. Okay. Leave it to Kanye. Uh, but. I think, I mean, I think we were talking about the best producers to get the best out of Jay. Mm -hmm. I think it probably comes down to totality wise, Just Blaze and Kanye. Um, Yeah. If we look at at Just Blaze, I mean, we got Song Cry, we got You Don't Know, uh, we got Breathe Easy, we got Girls, 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 and that's just from this album. Right. And then obviously, You Don't Know Remix. Uh, Meet the Parents, which is kind of like Meet the Parents is such an introspective J song, storytelling J song. They got lost in that Blueprint 2 shuffle. Yep. Hobie um, Baby, can't forget about that joint. That was crazy. Yeah. Then we got a public service announcement. Announcement, yes. Um, Dear Summer, which I I absolutely love Dear Summer. I, I adore Dear Summer. I listened to it recently. Um, it's a beautiful song. Yeah. And then we got... Um, the Kingdom they, Come stuff. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we got the Kingdom Come stuff. Kingdom uh, Come stuff. Let's just leave it there. We already talked yeah. about Kingdom Come, the American I mean, Gangster Records. Yeah, I like. Oh my God, it's American Gangster Ignorant Shit. Like Ignorant Shit. That's that's a classic one. I had the the Don, the DJ Demarco version for years <laughs> before they finally put it out. Man, he's like DJ Demarco. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can that. never find the version without Siegel. But I mean, it was pretty much once they put it out, it. And then, Amazing record. And then uh, the Dynasty intro with Just Dynasty Blaze. Dynasty intro. So, yeah, man. I talked about that uh, when I talked about the Dynasty's 20th anniversary not that long ago. So, ah, oh, man. So, speaking of Song Cry, Marcus, one of my favorite songs on the album. Actually, it's not officially on the Blueprint, but it is of the Blueprint. My favorite song of the blueprint and i say it like that because it's actually from the unplugged album is the live version of song cry with jaguar Wright singing on it that is probably my favorite song next to you don't know on this entire album run because if you if unplugged just say it is like a bonus disc that goes with the, the blueprint i'm gonna say song cry live is probably my second favorite track on there all right, I I haven't I haven't I haven't revisited um, unplugged in forever, uh, but that was something that was definitely of the moment. It was a very cultural thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. I mean, MTV just doing unplugged in general, but then what Jay did with that, uh, with you know the Roots band backing him, um, some real dope shit that happened, man. Oh, incredible! And Jaguar, the way she sings it, man, like. The song, the live version is longer because they literally just let, after Jay finishes his last verse, the Roots and Jaguar go to work, man. And you literally, Jay says he got lost for a second listening to her sing. And it's easy to do because she literally, like the song is already raw enough about love lost because of the drug game and mistakes made and things like that and cheating, of course. A little bit of foreshadowing on Jay's part. But, um... (laughs) But listening to Jaguar just really 
bare her soul open and, and sing that hook the way she does and riff, it's something quite beautiful to behold. And then running that back into the original version of Song Cry, again, this is, Jay didn't do songs like this anymore at this time. Like we had gotten regrets, we had gotten You Must Love Me in 96 and 97, but then we really hadn't seen Jay get too deep with it after that. Like, I mean, even on, um, even on, uh, the Scarface Beanie Siegel song, he mentions that can't be life. this can't be life. He mentions, uh, that his daughter came out still, or the baby came out stillborn, but then he says he wasn't telling the truth. But then he was talking about on the Mill song on Thor for the fam that he's going to have a child. So who knows what, what happened there? He well, wrote, no, for the, for the fam was first. I know for the fam was, yeah. was first. It came out in, uh, before that. And then he said the baby came out stillborn. So, Jay now in later interviews claimed that the two stories weren't related. Of course, um, who knows? Jay's always tried to keep a little mystery to himself. Um, but to hear him really get, even if he made up this entire song, a song cry, to hear him be that vulnerable on a record and again, get back in storytelling mode, it was something to behold and still is to this day. Yeah. I didn't even, uh, the most obvious Jay, I don't think I said Jay and um, Just Blaze, PSA, public service announcement. No, you said it. You said it. I did. Okay, cool. You did. You because you you were going through the whole list of the time. You you totally covered that because PSA wasn't even supposed to make the album, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. Like that's well, that's you know that'd be the Black Album uh, episode. If we ever do that, but um, we'll do it. Yeah, but you, um, you, your guest spot is secure. Don't worry. <laughs> thanks i appreciate that um but for for blueprint i think from like i already said my favorite song you, from did. This, you don't know you don't know uh, wh- what's your favorite track from this no it's you don't know because again okay. that was a song that wes was rapping to me that he claimed he heard on the radio and then when i actually heard it i was simply floored because again we talked about how much reasonable doubt showed you about how to be a, a rap artist and or how to make an album and goals it's it's album goals essentially is what reasonable doubt is you don't know is rapper goals like for it's like this is how you make a rap song you get a hot ass beat step one step two you rap over hot ass beat and you do three dub verses mm-hmm. step step or you can even put step two make a dope hook that works with the beat also helps to have a uh, awesome sample that does most of the work for you. That that's a little trick there, a little cheat code, pro tip. Mm-hmm. Then you have rapper get on the song and do three excellent verses that are flawless. Rap song, <laughs> that that and an end song. That is literally how to make a rap song from A to Z. And the fact that Jay does it over this outstanding instrumental by Just Blaze and does it so well, it, it's it's. It, it, it's probably a top 10 Jay-Z song, Marcus. One day we're going to have to sit down and do do our list so you can laugh at my hot takes the again. Jay. The best side of Jay. And I'd say You Don't Know has to be a top 10 Jay-Z record. Yeah, that's not a hot take. It, no, no, no. But you know how when we do hot take episodes, always say something and you fall out the chair laughing at me normally. Like I mean, my I take think... about Rich Forever still holds oh, up. That was, oh, boy. <laughs> Ooh, doggy. That we gonna be rich forever, forever. 
I mean, if you say Jada Niggas a top ten J, I mean, I'm not going to say and that. Not, and and not the Rough Riders Volume One version, but no. the Blueprint version. Yeah. Because that's Jigga my nigga, not Jigga that nigga. So, oh, gotta get the niggas right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Gotta get the niggas right, bitch. And don't, not to be confused, right. not to be confused with nigga what nigga who originated in '99. Which that song is actually pretty fire. It, it is fire. Well. And I was very, I was really happy that Lincoln Park they they bought it on the mashup album. <laughs> I'm not gonna front that Lincoln Park one maybe better than the original. <laughs> I listened to Collision Course because you you were talking about listening to it recently, and Collision Course holds up real nice. It's a quick Lincoln listen, Coke. but it's Collision good. Course holds the fuck up. It totally does. This is not up for debate. It's it's so good. It's so Mashup good. that shouldn't work works, and the R. Kelly. And Jay Z stuff that should work absolutely does not uh, at all. Musically, yeah. touring, uh, none of that works. But Lincoln Park and and Jay, super dope. And also, I didn't know that Jay actually uh, performed that. They did something for Chester after Chester passed away, and Jay actually performed on BBC Radio for that, and and did one of the mashups a few years back. So I thought that was real cool. No, I I remember that. I totally remember that. I missed that. So I just saw that because I kind of was in my Linkin Park bag because I was listening to that Mike Shinoda album from a few years ago and I, I ran across that. So I thought that was real cool. What yeah. you just sent me? Just Blaze is a cool thing. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Oh, uh, yeah. Just Blaze did reply to you. Yeah. <sighs> you and Just Blaze are homies now. Ask him to come on the show. Ask him yeah. to see if he's busy. He's such a storyteller that he would be an amazing interview. Oh, of course he would be. So, I mean, he was always great on uh, Combat Jack show. I know. Rest in peace to the God. Yeah, rest man. in peace to the God. Combat man. Yeah. So I know you. I mean, I guess we. So we agree that Jigga My Nigga is the lowest point of the blueprint. Yes. Um, and you don't know is the highest. You know the funny thing is, when I first listened to Blueprint. The rip that I got, the final song, it still had the bonus tracks in it. So it wasn't segregated. So the track was like nine minutes long. Yeah. That's how it was on the album version. No, it wasn't wrong. Yeah. But the thing is, like, if you're in this, like, obviously the streaming era has has corrected this because Spotify hasn't segregated now. But this is one of those albums that I put on the iPod and I just listened to. And it actually took me a long time to find these bonus tracks. That's what I told Lamb. That's what I told Lamb. Go ahead. Yeah. And so it was like, I I just remember one day I was listening to Blueprint and then Mama Loves Me finished. And then I just let it ride. Like, I don't know what it was. I don't know if I spaced out or whatever. I just let it ride or whatever. And then all of a sudden, I just kind of noticed that I'm not hearing any music. And then I look at my iPod and I see, why is this track nine minutes long? And I like skip and I hear like just some rapping about like jumping jacks and some shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then like I totally stumbled on those bonus tracks by complete accident. 
And that's how I heard lyrical exercise and girls, girls, girls. That's two. hilarious. Cause that is how I discovered there's bonus tracks on volume three, because again, volume three, the very last song on there is the uh, Hova song outro. And for some reason I was playing it in my room one day and I was just letting it run. And then all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. I was like, wait a minute. And of course, it was still edited. It was a Walmart edit. Jigga, what's my name? And I was like, there's bonus tracks on volume three? And then Jigga, my <laughs> nigga, played. And then Girl's Best Friend from the Blue Streak soundtrack played. And so that that happened to me. Jeez, I forgot about that song. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, man. Because um, I, I think Wes's copy of uh, his bootleg did have Breathe Easy and Girls, Girls, Girls separate. Um, or at least made a note there was bonus track, so we would keep listening to Blue, the last track. But I don't know why he did that because I, like, he's I don't off the top of my head, he's the only artist I can think of that at least did that twice, where he buried full ass records. Now, obviously, in volume three, these were off of other albums, but these are two completely new records that he just was like, I want to put these on here, but I'm not gonna tell anybody. Just throw it after there. Yeah. Yeah, it was very, and that's and that's and maybe that's kind of a holdover from the vinyl era. I mean, it's way later than the vinyl era, but yeah, just the idea of sneaking something in there and then if they find it, they find it or whatever. But I mean, that's there's. I mean, we're kind of living in, in an era now where there's literally no reason to ever do that again. So. <laughs> no. Like, no. So at least, you know, it's kind of like this way. And to an extent, but not really, but to an extent, what Justin was doing on his solo albums um, with with um, uh, Timbaland, as far as like the mashing up of the two completely different types of songs and yeah. making it kind of amalgamate, you know, th- I mean, this isn't that, but I guess it's kind of in the same realm of like, just drawing these sort of songs together in this kind of way, but yeah, um, I would say rappers don't need to do this ever again. So, like, it's, like I know Bill Simmons, like the ass was aged the worst. I would say putting this, especially lyrical exercise, which is, I mean, it's it's, it's in the record. vein, yeah, it's in the vein of what Twenty Two Twos was, as far as like kind of like a gimmicky type of it is record. Gimmick. But he's still so impressive on it that you can't really dismiss it as just like just like a gimmick in that kind of like negative negative connotation. Um, so lyrical exercise is really good. I I don't think Girls Go Girls Part Two is better than the original. I think there are parts that are a bit more uh, humorous on it. Mm-hmm. I think there's some parts of it are a bit more funnier. But he's still like continuing the lineage of like the the comedy of the original, anyway. So I think Girls 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 Part Two is is still pretty pretty solid record. I have to say, what's aged the worst, unfortunately, is not the fact that he buried those tracks on the end of Blueprint. Mama loves me. It's the fact of the lyrics that he says on girls, girls, girls and girls, girls, girls part two. Cause he says some pretty foul stuff that does, that does not fly in 2021. Like the whole, what try I be with line that that's not great. 
Um, um well, that line could have been way worse. It could have uh, been whole, the the uh the Chinese girl bootlegging things. Yes. Yeah, it's not really cool. Right. <laughs> girls, girls, so, girls. Part two isn't as bad, but girls, girls, girls. One definitely has a couple suspect lines. Um. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely throws some things out there that when he's describing the the women <laughs> that uh, that don't hold up that well. Yeah. Jigga man, why you treat me like animal? Like, yeah. I Excuse me, Miss Fufu. Um, yeah. I remember in high school, we were definitely saying that. <laughs> Just you, a dickhead. So. You, you was dead, broken, naked. Now you want half. I yeah. got this chick after 10 million, so... Yeah, man. Oh man, like that line's not that bad. Narcolepsy's funny, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so, Kyle, if you say so. Well, the way he said it was, she always falls asleep on him. I mean, I mean, it's not funny as far as her trying to live her everyday life. I'm sure, it's very, very hard to live with that. <laughs> very hard, yes. So, no Neptune's tracks on this album. One Timbaland, and this is probably one of my least favorite Timbaland records Timbaland Jay-Z records honestly hola Vito uh simply because this was the era of the videos they would do the whole video so you did they did an Izzo video and at the end of the video they switched the video and it's like we're going to do a different song give you a preview of another song in the album I can remember Missy doing this a few times like she did this with one a video and then the end song was like lick shots off of um this was off of the Missy Misdemeanor album or the Missy Damn it, was that? Don't say it. Missy's so addictive album. Um, I remember discovering that song that way. So it was real cool for artists to play another song at the end of their video to kind of show another album cut. And they played the beginning of Ola Ovito at the end of Izzo, man. And I got real hyped for that record. I was real excited to hear it. And once you hear the whole thing, it's good. But then it's like, it's not as great as I thought it would be. But it's still a solid record, man. Never change. Great song. We got to talk about Heart of the City, though, before we get out of here. I, I feel like it's the centerpiece of the whole album, in a way. Would you agree or disagree? Um, I think it is. Um, I think that it definitely starts off what Jay has kind of been running from his whole career, as far as, like, you only really got the touches of kind of the thoughtfulness of what Jay could do on songs, on regrets, on um, every now and then, like, you know, you get, um, I forget, I'm blanking on a song from Volume 1 now. You Must Love um, Me. You Must Love Me, yeah. Yep. And so you get you get Heart of City, Me You Never Change, and you get Song Cry, which Never Change isn't necessarily that kind of introspective. It's still pretty braggadocious, but you get Harder City and then Song Cry, which is Song Cry is like the, I think a lot of girls, a lot of women, especially in the high school that I went to, especially like uh, young girls who were my friends at the time. And even after that, like, I know, like, even girls from New York, like, I know a lot of girls that say Song Cry is their favorite Jay song. Um, but that was it. a song that really touched a lot of a lot of women in that kind of time, in that era. Um, but I think of that album in totality, um, I think Heart of the City 
uh, really kind of stuck the landing in that way. And I do think that it is the, you know, Jigga Held You Down, Six Summers Down, Wave of Love. Like, I still remember that being kind of like, you know, he has been around for a long time. And, <laughs> and honestly, like, even that kind of bar, like, I do think that that it was a response to just the popularity that seemingly these other New York rappers were getting, but they were still leapfrogging Jay. And so it's kind of like, this is a time where DMX is hotter than Jay. Uh, we're, we're actually on the cusp of, um, and maybe actually even a little bit the same time, but like Ja Rule becoming like I was gonna race elevated. Um, M, like, M was bigger than Jay. Ja was bigger than Jay. We're right around the corner from 50 Cent being the biggest rapper yep. in the game. Two years. So it's like, actually not even, because um, uh, Get Rich Without Trying was next year, wasn't it? It was in 03. So it was oh, it was 03? Yeah. The okay. mixtape started in 02. And then okay. Get Rich came out in February of 03. Oh, okay. I can remember that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, but I mean, even still, like, you know, I think this is, I know Jay likes to like do the sports comparisons, but, you know, I do think that this is just a situation to where he's super competitive and kind of want to respect in that kind of way. So I think Song Cry, I'm sorry, I think Heart of the City, um, especially that, that bar in particular, kind of was like a, like the staking of his claim, like planting his flag, so to speak, to to kind of make his name into that kind of mantle. Yeah, no, I can completely agree with you. Um, because for everything that I said that you don't know is like is like rap goals and rap song one hundred one. The again, Heart of the City, it starts the whole run off of Jay being a little bit more introspective on the album, aside from him getting a little braggadocious on a Never Change. But, I mean, he, he really does break it down the whole verse, man, like on each verse. And I really love that, very the very last verse, man, like the Richard Pryor going to burn up and I can see the turn to break up and I wake up to more bullshit. You knew me before, records. You never disrespected me. Now that I'm successful, you pull this shit. Nigga, I'll step on your porch, step to your boss, look into speculation. I'm talking to all of y'all. Male shouldn't be jealous. That's a female trait. What you mad? Because you push dimes and he sell weight. Like, that whole, whole yeah. verse is nothing but jewels. And then to end it with the ultimate, obviously, I heard this line before then, but to drop the ultimate line with what you eat don't make me shit, where's love? Um... It it just really goes to show you that while Jay is staking his, trying to stake his claim, he's also trying to say, despite everything that y'all are putting against me and despite the fact that I don't feel like I'm getting the recognition I deserve, I'm still going to do me at the end of the day. And yeah. it's it's something that Jay has obviously continued to carry with him to this very day. And this whole song could be a Jay-Z mission statement. It yeah. really, really, really cool. Really, really could. And isn't the line about um arguing arguing fools on this song on on this track too? Like people from a distance can't tell who is who. Or am I thinking about a different song on, on the blueprint? Um Is about who? Uh no, Jay, Jay said something about um about he doesn't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who. 
That's um, a takeover. That's takeover. Okay. So, so yeah, along with that, what you eat don't make me shit line, and then from that line on takeover, those are both big statements that you can apply to everyday life, and uh, yeah. I, I think it's a pretty incredible. Again, that we talk about Jay saying all this fly stuff on a rhyme and breaking it down. Again, Jay says these simple things and puts them in the rhymes, and I can understand it. It, it just it just worked so beautifully. Yeah. Um, I so thinking about the question that I guess maybe this is kind of the dismount. So thinking back when kind of thinking about the apex of Jay and from the two thousand from from two thousand to about two thousand three, um I mean even we maybe even include maybe a little bit even before this, even think about what ninety like ninety nine maybe. Mm-hmm. Um I mean obviously, you know, we have uh, you know, volume three. Um, but then we get, you know, the Fort of Fam. Uh, then in 2000, you know, we get backstage. And then even the backstage, that, that you know, tour documentary, um, it had the soundtrack, but more so the um, just kind of the creation of the J myth. And we even see, like, you know, the creation of DMX myth, and DMX did laugh him in that way. But you know, this is still kind of a Dane Dash Rockefeller kind of production. And so we do kind of see the respect that Jay gets. You know, the scene where DMX is talking about his favorite rappers and he says, well, he says the best rappers. And he says, it's it's either, if we're talking about the best rappers and we're not including myself, it's always him and Scarface. Which right. that kind of stamp for if we think of, you know, DMX is like the, the best rapper at that time, for him to stamp both of them, you know, it kind of like cements that, yeah, like Scarface and Jay, they're like two legends in the game. And that always stuck out with me. I always thought of that scene. Yeah. Because um, you never, at that time, like, um, obviously, you know, we have like rap magazines, um and like you know music videos and like stuff like that but we don't really get at that point we didn't get a lot of insight to who these people really were uh, we didn't have like ig and twitter and you know we always had some kind of buffer between the rapper and the public but for for dmx to kind of get that personal we're talking for rap just from a rap fan's perspective i thought that always stood out with me and then everyone else kind of talking about Jay and like how important he was to kind of Rockefeller into New York at that time. I always thought it was kind of a, a really kind of dope thing. And then we pivot from that to Dynasty and, you know, intro and I just want to love you and change the game. And, you know, him still building up that steam, him still, you know, really creating a name for himself, like in a rap space. And, you know, we talked about <laughs> upper tier, you know, Jay singles. Unfortunately, that would have to include Fiesta remix. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean we, we can't. I mean, it's it happened, you know. It did. You can't. After the show, there's the after party. Yeah. So we can't, you know, kind of ignore that. That's a part of history. And Jay has to kind of eat that history. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we, you know, pivot to 2001 for you know blueprint og and then we get you know nutty professor soundtrack well nutty professor soundtrack i think that was a little bit after um 
But uh, like I said, we get uh, guess who's back from the fix. Mm-hmm. We get what we do mm-hmm. um, for the for freeway in 2002. And then, you know, Blueprint 2 comes and it's a bit convoluted, but the highs on an album are really, really high. Incredibly high. Yeah. And so, and then we round it out with 2003 to where we have um, Black Album, we have Welcome to New York City, uh, Punjabi MCs, Get Back Remix, um, you know, Fronting, you know, do, and the the question I kind of want to round it up with is, I think the I I know the answer for me, but do we think that there can be how many rappers do you think have this kind of three year window of just impressiveness? Not necessarily even a commercial sense, like the hit record sense, but how many rappers do you think kind of had this three year window of where they're dropping? So basically, this three year window if we look at two thousand. Well, I mean, technically, I guess it's four window, four years, technically. 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. If we look at uh, Dynasty, Blueprint, Blueprint 2, then Black Album, and then the other features on top of that. Right. And building in the middle of creation. Because I would say, for you, who, who would you put in that kind of, like, realm for that window? Because for me, like, I would put Kanye's run as impressive in that. I would put the Outkast run as as impressive as impressive as that but other than those two i can't think of any other rapper um i think there are on this time obviously you know i think i think dmx's run was super high but it was still shorter i think of the the little wayne run for me i wasn't as big as little wayne but i think a lot of people put wayne's head conversation um if we think of Dipset and what that movement was, like that was definitely a movement, but their run was not as deep as those other rappers, even though it was still like a fun era and a fun time in that moment. Um, but who would you kind of say kind of has that kind of window, that three-year window of just like super impressiveness? Um, well, I, I don't disagree with you. Big, Big was... Big kind of had it a little bit, but I feel like people caught on to short though. It was pretty short. Like p- people caught on to Ready to Die, like more like around ninety five ish, and then he was gone by ninety seven. Pac, of course, went to prison, and he and then he came back out, and then he was gone within uh nine months. So again, that that hurts him a little bit. Wayne, I I love mixtape era Wayne, but I can't compare that because. Wayne again had a massive amount of output. He had way more output than Jay had in this era. And that is more of quantity beating quality. quality. Yeah. Um M never really had it because I'd say peak Eminem would have been from two thousand up until two thousand three, but then he messed around dropped the encore and lost a lot of credibility yeah, there. So bad. Nas never consistently had a run like that. Um, maybe, maybe the run up to it was written, but I mean that he only had one album right there. He only yeah. had, he only had Elmatic in that time. Pun died too soon. Tribe yeah. albums were too far and few in between. Common always had this, I'm looking at my list of best MCs. So that's why I'm 
dropping these names out of nowhere. Scarface was pretty consistent, but again, he was on such a smaller scale, and I really don't think he went national until like 97 with it, where people were really paying enough attention to him. Yeah. And even then, he was still being outshined consistently for years. If I had to say anybody who came close, I feel like Busta kind of had a run there from like from the time his out al- his first album dropped in '95 up until the time to- until he dropped um, until about 2000, honestly, because I think everything he dropped from uh, the very first album up until Extinction Link or from the coming until Extinction Level event in '99. I think all of those albums work really well. But then in 2000 is when he dropped the uh, Anarchy album. And that was kind of where he fell off. I think he was very consistent in that era. Uh, so I'll say Busta maybe had a run because I really feel like everything he was touching was really great then. I think Busta's career is interesting because I think people more focus on the singles. And I think people who listen to his albums are like really impressed with his albums. But... I don't think, for whatever reason, I don't think his albums is translated over into those conversations. Like, I think if we think of any, like, I remember I had one boy who went to WVU, and his favorite two rappers were Ludacris and Busta Rhymes. And it, on the surface, if you kind of think about that, you would say, that's kind of goofy as hell. But if you, like, I'm someone who's, who used to listen to Ludacris albums a lot. And he was someone that was pretty popular, but for whatever reason, his albums itself didn't necessarily translate. So when like people would make like year-end best lists and stuff like that, like you wouldn't necessarily see Ludacris' name pop up, even right. though he he gave like pretty good albums with like his, four or five A-day. singles. Yeah, and so I think Busta Rhymes is kind of on that same kind of wavelength. Like I think Busta Rhymes has been a part of culture for so long that. For some, like, even for someone like Fat Joe, like Fat Joe, he has hit records, but people don't talk about Fat Joe albums. Like they just don't. But I think for Buster Rhyme fans, I think those fans of his, like they really fuck with his album pretty heavy. And so I think for a person who doesn't listen to Buster Rhyme albums, kind of comparing it to Jay's run, they will probably be like, you know, nah. But but I think Busta should, I guess, command a bit more respect than that. And then the only other name on this list that maybe makes sense as far as a run, like T.I. maybe, but again, he again just was getting in so much trouble, especially like in between the like, um, like from the time the King album dropped, like up until the time he dropped, um, the 2007 album that had live your life on it paper, um, trail. paper trail thank you like even that run was too interrupted and even though the quality was probably there for him but besides ti um that unfortunately the album's not there for him and i i really love him because i'd say arguably he was a rapper who most people really enjoyed and had the crossover ability and everything but some would say he didn't even stick the first album as as much as it's kind of revered now in hindsight. He definitely didn't stick the second album, but it, it would be meth, man, because like everything meth was touching there for a long time was fire. And then like Takal did well. It was like it wasn't critically acclaimed, but it was a good album. 
And then he was on the Wu stuff, obviously. He he did Wu-Tang forever. And then the time came from the dude to Cal 2000. And it was kind of like, okay, it didn't. I, I tried to justify to Cal 2000 for too long and it didn't do it. So Hilarious. it's hard to, it's really hard to compare anybody to Jay's run, man. Cause from the features to the albums, to the videos, to the constant influence on the culture and the way he was looked at by other rappers, especially by, by his last year or so before the black album was released. It's, it's no one's ever done it like that. Yeah. Um, I think as a collective, you can probably put just Wu-Tang into that. Um, but I think, I mean, it's like 50 niggas versus one nigga, so it's not necessarily, <laughs> it's not necessarily that even. I mean, no, obviously like, not at all. There's like a slew of Wu-Tang albums that are classic, but it's kind of like you have so many different people rapping so many different styles that to put it just to Jay's category, just kind of a bit too much. So and Capadonna's on those Wu albums, so there's points lost for that. Wow, Jesus! I don't like Cap, man. I never have. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Is that the dismount that we want to have? Fuck Capadonna. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say all that. I just said I didn't okay. enjoy his rapping. Dang. All right, I just, I just wanted to make sure we weren't getting too crazy. No, no, I, he just never did it for me, man. I, I never disrespected a man. Just wasn't my favorite in the clan. That's it. Nothing less, nothing more. You can right. say fuck R. Kelly though. Oh, definitely fuck R. Kelly. Yeah, man. So shout out to the Blueprint. Happy twenty years. Shout out to Reasonable Doubt. Happy twenty five years. And uh, we'll have to do this again sometime, Marcus. We will, man. Uh, speaking of that, uh, yeah. March 24th, it's coming up sooner, you may think. March so, 24th? You mean April 24th? Or you mean uh, May 24th? May 24th, yeah. I was so, like, yeah, did May, I miss something? <laughs> I know. My bad. I fucked that one up. But May okay. 24th, uh, I I feel comfortable with announcing it on this platform as well. Um, so we're going to do a bit of collaboration, uh, more collaborations with not only myself and Kellen, but with Ch-ch-ch. Kit Cacinetti. Cacinetti. who is the other half of We Should Do This Again Sometime. We're going to collaborate on a mini podcast series for Sex and the City. Yes, so, we, are. <laughs> we are. So we're going to do... The plan is to do about a five episode run, but more on that when that comes. But uh, that'll be dropping the end of May. Yes, I got sir. my months right, so yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so be on the lookout for that, guys. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. It, the idea started when I, uh, one time they made me watch the thing in Big Trouble in Little China, and somehow we diverted the Sex in the City for twenty five minutes. And you can hear that on the Deleted Scenes episode I'm on of We Should Do This Again Sometime with Cat and Mark. So go check that out, everybody. Yeah, definitely. But that's Marcus. I'm Kellen Conley. This has been the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast Hyphenation. I have to use the restroom. So that's, that's the dismount. Don't fall I, in. I was drink, <laughs> drinking too much coffee while we were recording. Sunday nice. fun day. I know. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> All right, guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay.
You've been listening to Barack Obama Approved, world's greatest podcast, hosted by Kellen Conley and his semi-regular co-host, Marcus Schoen Mad Love Robinson. Find Kellen on Twitter and Twitch at B hyphen, Instagram at the B hyphen, on Facebook at hyphen universe. Same for YouTube. Follow Marcus on Twitter at show mad love, S A O W I N M A D L O V. Email the show at B hyphen at gmail.com. Music by No Name Tim. This has been a production of hyphen podcast group, hyphen podcast group.com or hyphen universe.com. Have a good rest of your day, everybody, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your week or weekend. Thanks, y'all. This is a hyphen podcast production. Are you not entertained? Yeah!